Send these boys into space, fine. I'm sure they'll make good astronauts. They don't know jack about drilling. What's your contingency plan? Contingency plan? Your backup plan. You gotta have some kind of backup plan, right? No, we don't have a backup plan. This is it. And this is the best that you could, that the, the government, the U.S. government can come up with? I mean, you, you're NASA for crying out loud. You put a man on the moon. You're geniuses. You're, you're the guys that think his shit up. I'm sure you got a team of men sitting around somewhere right now just thinking shit up and somebody backing them up. You tell me you don't have a backup plan that these eight Boy Scouts right here, that is the world's hope? That's what you're telling me? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Damn it. <laughs> That's it. Jesus, such a funny character, Jesus, man. <laughs> I never thought about anything about Bruce Willis as a character in this movie yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah, because uh, he was just Bruce Willis. He's just a guy. Yeah, and now I feel like he's actually <laughs> attempting to do something in this movie. I don't know. I don't know if we totally get there, but I like it. Whatever it is, I like it. Well, that's the that's the funniest moment I would say. But uh, it's a part of just such a batshit crazy movie, but with some real heart. Um, we saw Armageddon in theaters recently <laughs> together. Yeah. Um, which, yeah. by the way, that theater is so fucking impressive. Beautiful. Um, did you the go again part about recently? the Academy Museum. Uh, I took my mom and brother out here, and we went yeah. just to the museum as a whole. Yeah. And they got some stuff to work out um, in the museum, I think. But the yeah, that theater was gorgeous. I can't wait to go see some some more movies there. Um, that's so good. And it had been so long since I'd seen Armageddon. I mean, that's one of those movies that I watched yep. over and over again growing up. Yeah. Like, when it's it very came familiar, out, yeah. but it's been a long, yep. long, long time. Um, I am old now. <laughs> it's been a long time, but um, it was really enjoyable. And I think I said something to the effect as we were leaving of, you know, for being such a kind of funny and ridiculous and schlocky movie, it, it just has no business um, succeeding emotionally in yeah. moments like yeah. it does, like yeah. it's it's confusingly effective uh, <laughs> in its in its emotional moments that land, yes. because like it really has this incredible heart to it, and it does not deserve it. I mean, the movie it's, does not. Deserve it's weird how emotion. after all this time, because it's well more than twenty years. You know, we're, we'll we'll be at twenty five years. Yeah, since it was, this came what, out ninety eight. Yeah, next year. Um, it's like we've gone through phases when it came out, it was like significant and substantial. And then yes, it went yes. to something ridiculous. And we only remembered the, the stupidest parts. It Keeping in mind yeah. that they're on the asteroid for such a small portion of the movie. And that's what we remember. There's like a lot of really ridiculous stuff that happens in like 25 minutes. And it's true, but then it has so some just wonderful, wonderful stuff. And the cast is like, uh, insane you know it's just some of the best people i mean they're not even like they're not even doing any great thing sure. other than they're just sure. being themselves and and it's just it's so a, well cast. just a fun ensemble and right. like we talked about before we don't get a ton of those movies anymore i mean if we get any kind of ensemble it's just uh all the superheroes right. from the group but the personalities um, aren't there like when yes, you watch oceans like 11 this. you're like okay yeah everyone has such personality but like what other movie has this many people with this much kind of rich personality yeah, that. I feel like it's the very the end of that was Ocean's Eleven with yeah, like that run of, with yeah. with uh, George Clooney, and it's because you know now the ensemble is everyone's their own hero. I guess, but this really was a supporting cast. Uh, yeah, you know they're I mean? in like, it not everyone so was little, and like Owen Wilson dies on the asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was truly in uh, for my timeline chronologically. This was the first time 
I had clocked Owen Wilson. Like I wow. might have seen him in something before. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. how'd that affect you with girls? That's great. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, anyway. Um, but yeah, like his whole chewy have you seen Star Wars line really Star obviously Wars? landed landed with me. That's good. That's good, <laughs> Owen. Um yeah. and also the the movie really is when you watch it is a good reminder of for whatever else you want to say about him, and it's all true. Um, what a talented visual storyteller. Oh god, it's insane. Um, Michael Bay is. I mean, it's like he just it just people attempt to copy that style and they don't do it as well as he does. I don't, it's um, it's and I almost mind boggling that movies. he can even or do that it. much in, in the time allotted because you're, yeah. you yeah. look at it and you're like, there's more coverage of one thing yes, than any other what director can seem to get. And it's just unnecessary, like, but, but well done. Anyways, this is episode 53. <laughs> We're going down. It's a, all about a, Armageddon, a deep Armageddon rabbit hole. Yeah. You, you say that, but, but seriously, um, this is our Armageddon episode. And by uh, the way, the fact that the first movie I ever watched at the Academy Museum yeah, was Armageddon. Armageddon because it's up for like it was up, it was for, up like for special one effects, Oscar, yeah, right? Yeah. Or like sound or something. Yeah, I think it was but, sound. But that's what honestly, thank God there are other categories because think about how like posh and nose up the movies would be. No, that that's showing why, there. As soon as I saw their calendar and they were really like reaching for the far edges of stuff that had been nominated for an Oscar to do for their summer series. I was like, Matt, very respecting their, their programming. Sure. Um, you don't want to just bring in 68 year old white men. You right. know I mean, that's that can't, and we're showing forever. green room for July 4th. No, <laughs> or not green room, <laughs> oh, green book, green oh, wow. book. Not green that been, yeah. That would have gone a different way. <laughs> yeah. Green book. Green that would have woken up the senior um, citizens. Anyways, we really enjoyed it. And if you're in LA, please see a movie at the Academy museum. Cause it's just and a invite us. Experience. Yeah. We like do. going, um, well, uh, we are back here. I've been away for a couple of weeks. You had uh, family in town, you're working, you're doing stuff, but we yeah, have been life. doing a lot of movie watching. So that's true. Um, that is what we do. It's always what we do. That's why we're here. And even before we get into what we've seen, I do have a couple of like tidbits and corrections from the last episode and other things. Um, the first thing is so silly. What did we screw up? You didn't screw up at all. I, I misgendered Marcel the Shell last week or last time, and I, I, it's so silly because um, I was just thinking of Jenny Slate, who voices sure. Marcel the Shell. But, but it's, a, it's, um, a it's, a, it's a boy, and I, I, it's a guy. I, I don't know why it matters, but, uh, but I did, I did uh, misgender the Shell. Do we know that Marcel's pronouns are his he, and they are, they, they are? Yeah, he is referred to he uh, in, in the movie, <laughs> yeah, so I'm going by the movie, yeah. But, um, sure, sure. But, uh, and if you haven't seen Marcel the Shell with shoes on the movie, um, really it's probably on demand by this point, but it's just one of the best feel-good movies of the year. And you don't really need to know anything about Marcel the Shell. Um, there's not much content to even know, but it's yep. a it's a really fun little movie. Um, you don't need some... to know anything about shells in general. You'll just <laughs> you enjoy don't. the movie. <laughs> yeah, you just have to have a big heart, I guess. Um, another fun thing that happened since last time, um, one of our favorite podcasts who hasn't been going for a while is is James Bonding. And James Bonding is hosted by Matt Gorley and Matt Myra. Matt Gorley did a show. He has a band called Townland, and I happened to go to that that show um, a few weeks ago uh, on the east side. And um, I, in advance, I knew that he was playing. He was the opening act with him and his band, Townland. And I was like, you know what? They have a song. I didn't even really know their mo- music that much. I had listened to the album, new album, maybe once. But I... Uh, 
I knew that he's very, he's got a big James Bond influence and they have a song called Disco Volante. And so I, oh, pr- yeah. I ordered a shirt. Uh, I ordered the replica shirt from, um, from, uh, Thunderball, um, uh, the motor yacht disco volante like crew shirt. Yes. yes, yes. Um, and so I was wearing it and uh, I was there with Lori and my friends and stuff. And we were just kind of gathered and uh, Matt came over and you know, what a great guy he That's saw awesome, my shirt. Man. And I looked over at him. He's wearing the same shirt. <laughs> it's a slightly different printing of the That's same awesome. shirt. Mine for, for what it's worth, slightly more screen accurate. But anyways, um, <laughs> I was, I was, I was, a little, I was a little buzzed by that point. Amateur. So I was just kind of like, Hey man, That's thank great. you for uh, Playing it fast coming over and saying hi and everything. And he was very uh, complimentary and sweet and everything. And they did, a, awesome, they did a great show. Um, and then uh, the only other thing is that uh, uh, this past weekend was the 2022 Star Trek convention in Vegas. It's the first Star Trek convention I've missed in like five, six years. I think I've been yeah. everyone since 2017. And, and I've been to two uh, of those I missed bad it. boys with you. I missed it. Um, I was well, in Florida. So whatever. There, there's, there's, I used to, used to be, I would say, there's always next year, but I'm honestly not sure anymore. <laughs> Hopefully there's next year, Kelly, it's and we'll so both true. be there. It's so true. We, we've said that so many years now. We're like, yeah, we'll go next year, you know, uh, to whatever Never it know. is. But Never uh, know. yeah, next year. Um, anyways, that's, that's all I got for bullshit. Um, do you want to talk about some movies you've seen recently? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I, uh, I, first, I want to. This isn't a big movie theater movie. Maybe it played in theaters, but I certainly streamed it. But I wanted to ask you if you'd seen Prey. Oh, I did. Yeah, that's the uh, Hulu original, I guess. Um, Correct. Correct. I think it could have played in theaters. It's it's kind of weird to see what makes it to streaming only at this point. Like, yeah, we know yeah. that Netflix stuff is essentially just going to be on Netflix for the most part. But like right. all these other streaming services, the movies are generally not made for streaming. They might be, but they're probably not. They're movies that get acquired, right, right. and then they decide through the process of like how yeah. the market is going, where they're going to yeah. put it. And Prey was really good. Um, there's some questionable CGI like for a couple of moments, sure. but it's sure. like it's really just a very good, simple movie that costs probably no money. And uh, I just, I, yeah, I just super enjoyed it. What a good story and uh, good, good action and like, yeah, it's great. Jess and I both dug it. Uh, we liked the sort of, uh, you know, Native American angle, like being earlier in time. Sure. As, as much as it becomes less and less realistic that anything could defeat the predator, you right. know, it's um, uh, Patrick Monahan uh, tweeted out uh, the predators consistently getting owned by lowly humans can only mean that the ones we've seen are the predator equivalent to rich dentist safari dipshits <laughs> like out to hunt um which i thought was hilarious because it is true but some suspension That's of disbelief really here funny. um i thought that was a great take <laughs> but i did want to say um this was easily my favorite uh outside of the original predator movie um now I also Come mentioned on, Alien Jess. Versus Predator is fucking Look, great. We we both en- <laughs> Jess and I both enjoyed it, and, and I asked her at some point. I turned to her and I said, "Is Predator the series that I love the most that has the least amount of good movies?" Yeah, like, you know yeah. what I mean. Like I was like, because obviously the original is an all time like masterpiece, right? And then for what it is, and then I don't know that there's ever really been. I mean, there certainly hasn't ever been a great sequel, but I don't know that there's even ever been a good sequel. There's been sequels I enjoyed. And I was like, this is, I mean, you know, that that stated, you know, obviously keep things in context. It's not competing with a lot. 
this was my the most enjoyable one for me, um, even though I thought it was probably the most ridiculous in terms of survival. You know what I mean? Like no machine in terms guns of believability and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah how yeah. you're going to survive? Just riding in circles around this predator, uh, you know, throwing tomahawks at him and shit. Um, but super fun and enjoyable, and also like an, a a nice couple little what you thought was going to be a callback, but ended up being a misdirect. Like I don't mud. know if you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the mud. Yeah, There's I a couple moments. Immediately was like, okay, she's gonna hide in the mud. Um, and then, no, I, yeah. I dug how they kind of flipped it on its head a little bit. Yeah. Um, that that was fun and that was enjoyable. And falling in the water and you're just waiting. They kept the shot exactly like the other, where you're waiting for it to yeah. fall into the water behind them. That didn't happen. But yeah. you know, again, it was a nice, nice little tribute. So yeah, I'm glad you got to see it. Uh, we, we really enjoyed that one. Yeah, that one's a good one. Um, I saw, by the way, uh, just speaking of streaming movies, we watched senior year <laughs> a few weeks ago because you, <laughs> you had mentioned how much you liked it. And that is a cute movie there, it's, it's exactly what it, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of from it's a different nothing era. I would ever say even. you have I mean, to see, but they're there. I don't know. It's just a very, very silly movie it's from the era of when she goes in the coma. I kind mean, of. It's, yeah. uh, it's from it's that it's, 10 things yeah. I hate about you, you know, can't hardly wait high school teen movie it's it's very era. cute yeah it's very cute but it's nothing, <laughs> nothing and yeah it's yeah. just if you went through school at that time right. like it's we all kind of did us, yeah. It, yeah like every musical reference it comes back that's what kind of pulled me into it and i thought it was fun and yeah dumb. totally um i did finish the gray man and that is just like a very blah, blah what a waste blah, blah, blah what a waste movie. of like, uh, so much money so much stuff so many great people i don't know the i don't know the russos are real my brother real, asked me about that and i said i miss yeah i can't figure out why so many good people wanted to do this movie <laughs> right right uh, so, yeah I very bizarre before um did, did you, you see vengeance uh, I did. Sorry so, to step on your toes. No, not at all. So Vengeance is an interesting one. I should have done a little bit more research, but um, uh, oh, God, what's the guy's name? Bl- uh, um, BJ? BJ, BJ Novak. Novak. So he wrote and directed and produced it and everything, and he stars in it, which is a huge deal. Like for, for you know, he's been in a lot of stuff. I haven't, I didn't watch, he's from The Office, right? Yeah, I yeah. I don't really. He's in Glorious Bastards. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen him in a couple of things, but he doesn't stand out to me. Like people like know who B.J. Novak is. Yeah, I yeah. don't. I'm and, not a B.J. Novak guy either. Um, but and <laughs> like John Mayer makes a cameo at the beginning of the movie yeah, that, that really satisfied really, me quite a bit. Yeah, funny. Um, but uh, and he kind of plays he plays himself fully. Um, he's credited as a, credited as John. Um, that does seem like a real conversation he had one night at a party <laughs> yes, with BJ Novak. For so sure, then real. he wrote it into the movie. So what's interesting about Vengeance, if you look it up and you have any interest in seeing it, it is um, it's kind of like it's playing with the idea of like our podcast culture and our our left wing podcast culture versus uh, kind of middle America and the average working people and how you know how disconnected these two kind of you know, aspects of, of these communities in America are, but at the same time, it's, uh, it's a very, very, uh, kind of low budget indie movie. Um, but with, 
huge kind of lofty, you know, <laughs> ambitions, but it, it yeah, it's yeah. at the same time very very just basic and and kind of straightforward. I enjoyed the story that they were telling. I enjoyed the characters. I think that it looked too cheap, unfortunately. I just think mm. that th- there was something missing in the budget or the production value of it and uh unfortunately that comes down to the camera department <laughs> mostly that it just really looked not great. Um and it didn't have any business looking not great uh, it could have very much looked better um but um it takes place in like rural texas and and you know it's definitely worth watching it's i would say it's just above average because it, it what it aspires to is a little bit bigger than an average movie yeah i agree with you i i now re- do really want to try whataburger um I think that was a big <laughs> you've never had me. whataburger i've never had whataburger oh um, well it's right up your alley it's definitely in the same vein as how you speak of chick-fil-a sure. with such reverence um and i'm, I'm least... a cheap eater, I'm a cheap eater. <laughs> i don't have a refined palate um, but, um, no, but i will say I, I kind of feel the same as you. There was a minute there where I thought, um, I don't know if I'll be able to articulate this completely, but I was like, this this is, for a minute I was like, this is going to be a great movie. Right. And con- <laughs> conceptually it aims for something that's really yeah. uh, great and profound. I don't right. know that it ever totally gets there, and I don't know mm-hmm. if I can really tell you exactly why it doesn't, but it just doesn't. And in the la- kind of a particularly like the last 15, 20 minutes for me, yeah. I was like, okay, well, this is just a good movie, like, which is fine. Like, it was not a bad movie. It was not a bad experience. Like you said, it had a lofty uh, ambition. I don't think it was able to wrap up what it wanted to do. Yeah. Um, or, or fully realize what it wanted to do. That's it. It's not it's, easy to do that. And I'd rather you aspire to do it than, you know, not. So yeah. I enjoyed it. I just. Yeah, I was like, they definitely got to a point where I was like, oh, no, it's not as good as I thought. Yeah, right. I thought it was, you know, but it's still <laughs> yeah. still good. Still worth yes, seeing. Yes, yes. So. I agree with all that. Um, Did you see uh, Bullet Train? Yeah, so Bullet Train is a very interesting one because for the first, I would say, good 45 minutes of that movie, maybe an hour, I was like, man, this movie has nothing going on. And it it sort of redeems itself by the yeah, end, which is bit. wild because we've said this before, but uh, vengeance. <laughs> so, so many movies have such good first and second acts and they can't bring together the third act. And like everything in this movie happens in the third act. And it, almost is too complicated for its own good. It doesn't explain its plot very well. Yeah. It's kind of on purpose because the end is kind of just like, you didn't really need to know anything to, to, because you're following along with this guy and it's really from his point of view and he doesn't know anything. (laughs) And so It is so weird how that happened because it's got a, a pretty great cast. Everybody's very good in it. I actually don't like Brad Pitt in it really at all, um, which is weird because it's Brad Pitt. But like, it's strange that he was in he's it. Honestly, like it felt miscast like it was... or something. Yeah. Um, or it's a weird he movie that didn't he did. perform to to the personality of the character. I don't know what mm. it is. Um, but everyone else is really wonderful in it. The kid from Kick-Ass. Channing Tatum cameo Tatum has a cameo. That's hilarious. Um, but the, the fun part of the movie is just the visuals and the settings and like the wackiness of the action and everything. And so if you're on board with that kind of stuff, then I can't imagine you not enjoying it by the, again, I think by I the end. Loved it's it fun. I, when I was 14, I think I would have done, I would have really, <laughs> right, really dug it. Right. You know what I mean? Like I right. think there is a, like there's a window 
Um, not to say that someone who's older can't enjoy that, but sure. just for me personally, I think that was the time that I would have really loved it. Um, I just kept thinking, wow, like if they, if there was more to, if there was more of a reason to make this, do you know what I mean? Like the, the <laughs> yeah, ride, the ride, the ride was fun. Why are we talking but about if, story? But if they had had a, had more of a, um, I don't know, just more of a plot for them all being there. Do you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it just was like, it seemed like they never really figured anything out and they were like let's just run with it let's there's just a lot of it. like flashbacks which you know there too much weight is put on and we're supposed to care about this stuff that we never saw and we just don't yeah and sure. so i don't know it's a it's a tough movie but it's still uh it is still is entertaining and interesting well my um, hidden gem from a previous episode lucky number 11 is a much better version of this kind of movie uh, there yeah there are a lot of these pulpy movies like this yep, that yep. are um that are kind of more style than substance, but that's kind of yeah, the point. Maybe that's what it is, um, is that there were just, so many of those in the wake of Tarantino, yeah. and then we got tired of them and finally stopped I mean, making this is them, very and now this one tops back in. You know, yeah. thing. So, um, uh, I mean, they they have homage to Tarantino all over this movie. Um, yeah. What else so, have you seen? Um, I've seen a bunch of stuff and uh, you texted me yesterday that you were going to try to see some stuff yesterday. Did you see any of that stuff? No, I didn't okay, make it. That's all right. um, yeah. <laughs> I, me, I have seen a bunch, but I didn't make it. Let me, let me go down the list. And I think most, if not all of this stuff you haven't seen, actually, no, you saw bodies, 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 right? I haven't seen bodies, oh, bodies, bodies. No, no, you haven't. Okay. No. never mind. Okay. So th- here's my list uh, to, to fill out this category. Um, I saw where the crowd ads sing a while ago and uh, we had, um, that well, we haven't talked about it on the pod, but uh, I really loved that. Even though it has, I did too. It has really m- mixed reviews Bad from reviews, critics. I would but say. Uh, I didn't read the book. A lot of people read the book. Um, it is. I just, can't read. Yeah, I, can, I definitely can't read. Uh, it is definitely from the era of um, of of movies made from novels. Yeah, and which was a big era that they just <laughs> haven't we had up. many of those recently. And so I really commend. Reese Witherspoon's company for making this movie and everyone in it, Daisy Edgar Jones, who stars in it was in normal people, which was one of my favorite shows from a couple of years ago. And she's really just wonderful. But the whole cast of this is really great. And uh, more specifically, it is, um, it's just a, I don't know. It's like a departure from our, our movies of the 2020s. It's like, it just feels yeah. like I'm watching a movie in 1995. Yeah. I was going to say it's, it's so a nineties, it's a 90s sort of tr- trial drama, like courtroom drama, but it's not really about the courtroom drama. The it's, about, it's about the life story. Yeah. yeah. We used to do these where we were trying to say some we kind of like thing about life, you know, about like between, you know, flashbacks and like current day yeah. or, uh, you know, like you're watching Shawshank Redemption, you're watching stuff like sure, that, where sure. it just feels like a time to that. kill. Yeah. It's, you know, that kind of, although it's not as much centered on the trial, but I think that, um, I don't think I was, I think I enjoyed it more than I would have simply because one, like you said, it was kind of a callback to movies that, yeah. that were like when I grew up, you know, with like yeah. the client and stuff like yeah, that. Totally. Uh, John, a lot of John Grisham stuff, but also, mm-hmm. you know, they don't make them as much, but then there's kind of the North Carolina angle yeah, for totally. it because they just kept referencing stuff close to where <laughs> that I grew you up, knew. <laughs> um, you know, and, uh, although there are no, it's really unusual. I would have to dig in on this author because there aren't really marshlands in North Carolina. There are marshlands in South Carolina. I see. Um, but it's really strange to me that they would pick all this North Carolina stuff and not just say the Carolinas. 
right. to have it so specifically, you know, with the North, marshlands. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. And, yeah, it's very much marshlands, very much southern, you know, kind of, uh, yeah, Georgia area yeah. kind of environments. But uh, anyways, um, it's good. Uh, a movie that slipped through the cracks for a lot of people was Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. And uh, that's based on something. It's based on a book or it's based on a short story or something like that. But uh, it's relevant. I just went in with – I didn't know anything about it. I hadn't seen a trailer. And uh, that's another one that is a, is a movie out of time. And I can't recommend it highly enough Yeah, I heard it was everyone. really good. Um, me as There's someone – one person at my office that saw it and loved it. So just let me Me know. as someone who loves Devil Wears Prada, like unapologetically, right, right. one of my favorite kind of, kind of romantic adjacent movies. Sure. Um, this one is sort of the same in that like – Devil Wears Prada is not really a romantic comedy or anything. Like it's not about the girl getting a guy or anything. It's it's just not. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is very it's similar. Career it's got that same thing. This one's not about career, but it's about it's about um, kind of finding something that you're you're looking for and uh, kind of lost love and stuff like that. But then um, it is truly just a beautiful movie that takes place in Paris, and um, it's a, a it's it's oddly about a lot of topics that are very modern like uh, the forming of uh, labor unions and it's just it's really really wonderful um highly recommend that another kind of romantic adjacent movie i saw which is very similar in that it's really not a, a romantic movie is a song called a love or a movie called a love song um and it's got one. a very limited release but it is a little indie movie that was in theaters for a bit and it's uh also really beautiful it's like Super tight, one hour, 25 minute movie about um, this uh, woman who is kind of living part of the year in her camper on a lake in kind of rural, uh, I think they're in, uh, shit, I don't even know, Nevada or Idaho, kind of somewhere in there. And uh, she's just kind of living out on the land and she's just like catching crawfish out of a lake and cooking them every day. And she's just like very, very simple life. And she kind of reconnects with an old, love sort of but it's just about it's about solitude and it's about um independence and uh it's also a very very nice movie um i saw a movie called Resurrect- by the way uh, oh, real yeah. quick uh, apologies for the if you pick up on the barking dogs that are literally going crazy outside that's okay window. just letting you know they're, do, do, they're do puppies. that's okay, okay. <laughs> so what else <laughs> um i saw a movie called resurrection with um uh, with Rebecca Hall. Uh, Rebecca Hall is one of my favorite actors, and uh, I'll see anything she's in whatsoever. And this one I didn't really know anything about, and it falls into the same category as um, as uh, when I talked about Men a while back. It's just kind of a movie that's not so good <laughs> it like is good mostly yeah. and that it ends and you're just like ooh, i'd really did they really take me on this journey just for that um i'm not sure like um, yeah exactly um bodies 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 is uh really worth checking out yeah really worth seeing it is um it it is there's probably a lot of critics that have already labeled it as the you know, the uh, Gen Z version of blank, because that's what it is. It's like the Gen Z version of Scream? Clue or whatever. Ah, clue. It's more, more like it Clue. 
um, than anything, but it's essentially, you know, a bunch of kids in a house and, you know, something goes wrong and, uh, did someone die and we got to figure it out. But also we're very insecure and we're very, you know, we got, we're also very like, we've got different kinds of mental problems and we've got to, you know, deal with our friendship with, you know, our friends and it's kind of toxic and I don't know. Um, but, uh, to round out this list, I did love Emily, the criminal, which is a new movie with Aubrey Plaza. And, uh, it's, I would say outright the best thing that she's done, maybe right there with, um, Oh God, what's the one I love? Uh, uh, Ingrid goes West. So Ingrid goes West is Aubrey Plaza kind of being awkward Aubrey Plaza. And so it doesn't land for me as like a departure for her. This movie is more of a departure. Maybe it's not, I don't know her in real life, but how she's portrayed herself in a lot of stuff. Um, Emily, the criminal is an awesome, small kind of like action thriller about a girl who, uh, you know, is just trying to make her way, (laughs) make money and stuff, but she kind of gets caught up in some crime and, uh, it's very satisfying. Um, there are (laughs) two more really silly ones. I saw that I recommend both of them fall is a really fun campy movie they're on a giant antenna trying to get down girls that climb do they they wake up up there or do they no if you saw the movie the shallows with um i did with uh, unfortunately uh, blake lively i did no i really love the shallows and this movie is from a different director i'm pretty sure but like they have the exact same energy which is just like girl trapped on a thing and she's got to figure out how to get off the thing sure before dying and uh and so Yeah. It's the same. We've all been there. Uh, We've all yeah, been there. Totally. Um, it's very, it's very fun. It's dumb, but it's very, very fun. And uh, and there's there's a million things that you can the whole time you're just like, no, don't do that. Do this, and she doesn't sure, do this, sure. you know. And so it's very frustrating because you're just like, oh, that's really a stupid decision. But at the same time, that's probably how a real person would be. Um, right, right. And then uh, last night I saw Beast, uh, which was one I was really excited for because. Uh, it just looked when I saw the trailer for Beast. It yeah. really reminded yeah. me of Jurassic Park so much. Oh wow! Okay, and I thought it, Ghost in the Darkness when I saw it, and that's why I was excited. Well, this is very much now having seen it, very much a literal homage to Jurassic Park. The girls wearing a Jurassic Park shirt in the movie. <laughs> okay, like it's it's very much a direct. It, there's so many sequences that are kind of just pulled right from Jurassic Park, but. What's really impressive about Beast is that even though it's not super competently made, it's like it's pretty it's it's interesting. So this director who I I didn't even look him up, he's he's foreign born and he's um very interesting in his approach. There almost the whole movie is long takes, but it's like many of them, mm-hmm. but like instead of a 10-minute sequence being, you know, 500 cuts, it's like three or four or five like it's very long takes very long i'm into cuts. that and um and some of it is artificially done meaning where they move from room to room or thing to thing or location to location and they clearly have stitched together things but it's meant to look like a continuous shot so there's a lot of just like kind of handheld camera but gotcha. not jerky gotcha. but just like moving camera amongst the people and it was jarring at first i was like ah, I didn't know this would be so like stylized. I thought it would be more straightforward. Sure, sure. Um, and so I, I think that 
technically it's not shot that well, but what they attempted to do is extremely impressive. And it, and it suffers from like weird lighting and some other things where you're like, okay, they're supposed to be outside on the Savannah. And well, if you're really outside on the Savannah at night, you're not going to have any light. And so how do you light that? And I think the thing is with them, they just like, didn't, they just cranked (laughs) up the camera to the absolute highest, you know, digital settings that it could with the highest ISO. And so it suffers a little bit because it's like really noisy and it's grainy, you know, kind of thing. But, um, but please watch beast. If you uh, like, like the tension filled moments of the original Jurassic park being stuck, like behind, you know, a a truck with a, you know, dress, you know, with a, with a fucking T-Rex coming after you. Um, the audience of this movie was more animated and scared and loud (laughs) than any audience I've sat with in, Years and years and years and years and years, um, and it also well, great, it also achieves some really kind of emotional stuff too. Um, so that's I think the rest well, of my list. Yeah, um, I got a handful other ones just to rattle off yeah, real please. quickly here. Won't go too long, but um, I saw uh, two movies that are really incredible stories and not incredible movies. Uh, one was called Rise. Uh, it's the uh, and Tentacompo, uh, NBA player, uh, the Greek freak story, which is an unbelievable story. His family was homeless and illegal, illegal aliens and all this other stuff. Right. Um, but, uh, kind of a dud, um, operation mincemeat. Um, have you heard of this movie? No. So, um, it's, uh, a couple of years old at this point, but Colin Farrell, it's being a James Bond fan and knowing Ian Fleming, you may know about this, where they actually took a dead body and dressed him in a German, uh, uniform and put fake plans in his pockets and, you know, somehow took him with a submarine and like just kind of deposited him on shore. And it was actually instrumental in helping the allies land and not lose a bunch of people in world war two. It actually worked. And it really? seems like something out of a James Bond movie, but again, it's just a very okay movie. It's an yeah. incredible story. So it's one of those things where it's kind of like, wow, I can't believe that really happened. Um, but there is a small, uh, character. Ian Fleming is in the movie. That's oh, interesting. Ian Fleming. Cause he really was on that mission. Right. Um, 13 lives. I don't know if you checked that out. No. Um, if you have, have the choice to watch 13 lives or the documentary the rescue watch the documentary the rescue um not that 13 lives isn't uh impressive but it's about that thailand it's uh, about the same thing so the 13 lives thing is more uh uh, narrative version or yeah it's a narrative version it's a scripted it's ron howard directed it uh it just came out uh it's got vigo mortensen in it i remember hearing about this What I read about it is that they filmed it in the real caves. Is that true too? Yeah, it looks. Oh. I think you would appreciate yeah. I, uh, the te- all the technical that aspects of it, of it yeah. that I don't pick up as much on. But it's again, it's like I don't know if I had seen this before seeing the documentary, maybe I would have been more blown away. Um, but following up and knowing kind of the story and the details of everything, uh, I think took oh, some away cool. from it. Um, I got around to seeing fire of love, which you had recommended. Uh, I <laughs> highly recommend that one as well. I, I think go to that movie if you can, or watch that movie if you can just for, to be able to see things that you're, you've never seen before, you know, footage it's of volcanoes. Weird that there's how no... we've gone our whole lives without seeing more volcano footage yeah, because this not footage is this. not new. Right. Like, yeah. It's been around for a long time. They've been, they filmed it fucking 30 40 50 years ago and the oldest stuff from the 60s and 70s 
they shot on film and like where did it go did it literally never leave yeah. their lab i don't understand and volcanoes are one of the rare scientific things that are oddly cool like kids yeah. like like i don't remember one science fair where somebody didn't put together the yeah, damn right. homemade volcano you know totally, what I mean? it's one yeah. of those things you would think just based on well, that and, and being we kind can't of an, go see them it's not like other yeah, things sure. in life i mean i yeah. guess you can you can to some extent but, but i'm just saying like you shouldn't if a volcano is like Smith, actively all over the um, place erupting, then, uh, yeah, we're not going to see it in, in real life. So, right. Um, uh, yeah. when my mom and brother were here, uh, we, it was Hitchcock week and we went to, um, cool. one of the, uh, uh, landmark theaters and watched North by Northwest. That was, oh, that was real nice. fun. Um, both of them claimed they had seen it, uh, and were very excited to go back. And then both of them came out and said, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that one. I think I had confused it with a different one. Um, and it was, which was a delightful for me, but we all totally. really enjoyed it. I was kind of surprised by how into it they were. Um, and then I watched, uh, speaking of Aubrey Plaza, another movie featuring her as a uh, supporting character, Spin Me Round, which I know you didn't get to. No, I didn't. Um, it's not playing many places, but we went to the uh, Westwood uh, landmark and they were doing a Q&A afterwards. Um, and they had the director right, and also um, uh, the star. Uh, uh, Allison Brie. Allison Brie, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, anyway, uh, they were delightful. Um, and I would just say it's not gotten great reviews. We both really enjoyed it. Uh, the crowd we were with was really on board. Um, I think if you think of it through the they, the director said something interesting uh, at the end, and he was like, I think of this movie as like, um, it's the movie is like its own character trying to be a romantic comedy, and the characters and everyone are pushing against that like fighting okay. their way out of the genre. I see. That's uh, and I think, I think about it, if you think of it through that lens, I actually think it's really, really enjoyable. Um, right. So maybe that will change things. And the last movie I want to talk about, we talk a lot about, um, you know, what's the worst movie ever, right? Like we've had that conversation. <laughs> we've talked about the room stuff that's so bad, it becomes good yeah. again. And then we've talked about movies that have literally like a zero on rotten tomatoes where you and I are like, it's impossible know, it's, for a Hollywood production that's at least like to a be 50. That. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. If, if you know yeah. if the boom mic's not hanging in there and the, you know it's right. not made in somebody's garage, it can't be. Um, I saw a movie that to me is as bad as something professionally made has ever been for me. Like oh, in my life, watching. I went with Jess and her sister Melissa, and we went to Easter Sunday. Okay, and we did not have oh, any yeah. kind of expectations. I know we, what this is. I saw the trailer and yeah. everything. Uh, uh, Joe Coy, um, we, we didn't have any, um, high expectations. We just went, you know, thinking for a laugh. I like his comedy. I like him as a standup. It became very apparent to me that like the ability to be a a funny standup is different than the ability to be a funny actor. You know, like they are two different skill sets, even though they did build in two different segments in the movie where he could do stand up with a mic. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um neither of which land. That never lands on screen when they try to, you know, translate that and they're written jokes that are supposed to be off the cuff. Um I, Kelly, it is as bad. So five <laughs> five minutes in, maybe not even five minutes in, I'm not kidding you. Um I was like, oh we're in trouble. This is gonna be a miserable <laughs> experience, right? Like I was like, you just everything about it was not working and i can't describe why like it hadn't been that much hadn't happened yet right right and then when we got out just said oh the credits ended one scene happened and melissa turned to me and looked at me like you've got to be kidding me that we're gonna stay for this whole movie so i was not the only one everyone was feeling from literal minutes in that this is a train wreck and i don't know how it's possible to do this movie and 
unless it was one take on every single thing right. and everything just went wrong. Right. I don't know how you turn something like this in. Right. And what's really depressing about it is they talk about how like, you know, it was, it was backed by, I think it might've been backed by Spielberg's company. I can't remember now. It might've been Amblin, but it's like, this to me is kind of the danger. And I hope this doesn't sound too controversial, but this is the danger I think. in like for so long, we haven't had stories from certain voices and sure. certain ethnicities and all these things. And now rather than taking the time to actually nurture a story and work through the kinks and take three years or five years, like most movies take to make, right. they're like, good, got the script, go shoot it. We need one of these. We, you know what I mean? Like we need an Asian comedy. We need a, you know, and it's like, I, I, and maybe that's not the whole problem with it, but I just remember thinking like if they had taken the time to develop this, this, this has a really sweet heart. This could have been a really good movie. It's like a family story and everything else. And it's got good people in it, but man, what, what a terrible movie. Sorry to shit on uh, it for so long, but I just, it was profoundly bad. Like it was a profoundly bad. It's very movie interesting. Experience, and I see I'm, a I'm, lot of movies. I'm looking up some, uh, you know, information about it. Because I I didn't unfortunately uh, have any in, intention of seeing this, but it is it was um, produced by DreamWorks, okay, yeah. um, along with Amblin Partners is distributed by Universal, so it's very much right in the Steven Spielberg camp. It's directed by uh, a J. Chandra Sekar, Chandra Sekar, yeah, I think that's how you say his name. Um, you know he he did um, uh, Super Troopers. And uh, not that Super Troopers is great, but it is great. I love um, Super Troopers. In a different like, way. That's the thing. Like, I'm so not a person who doesn't like that movie. Of Super like Troopers. This. He did some other silly stuff, too, that I, I never saw. Um, but the, the, uh, the, more importantly, the Rotten Tomatoes scores for Easter Sunday are not terrible. Like, r- Critics is 45. That's Don't know how anything got higher than a 20 on this, man. Right. I'm telling you. But it's, audience score is 70. I, I don't I don't understand. And here's the thing. Jess and her sister were angry at her parents because they were like, oh, it's good before we went. <laughs> so And they so, said Uncharted was the worst so movie they had seen 10, in years. Oh, and I loved Uncharted. I I mean, I liked it. Like, I genuinely liked yeah, it. Maybe it's like I an enjoyable ride. But, like, yeah, it's just fun and enjoyable um, and had some cool, like, effects and stuff. And it's just, you know, it's a – where the crowd had sang – Tomato, <laughs> tomato score from critics, 34. Yeah. Easter Sunday, I, 45. I'm beside you know? <laughs> myself that anyone could like this movie. So if you're but, listening but and you're so not you could, often looking yeah. at these scores, uh, you just have to know what you're dealing with here. They this don't is mean like, anything. It's just nonsense, yeah. We talk anyway. about a lot about Rotten Tomatoes scores, but really it's just... We're it's in a simulation, Kelly. A poor, poor, poor representation of, of what the, the vibe is. Why do they um, keep messing with me? You want to do something? Yeah, TV? right. Uh, let's talk about TV, yeah. So um, before we get into like new shows that we've both seen... Um, I just wanted to mention that I'm 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 heavy into DS9 now for the first time. Oh, I've how never far watched DS9. Into it are you? I'm well heavy as in I'm started. Um, oh, I'm only it. four got episodes it. in okay. because they are now watching it on the main podcast of uh, Star Trek: The Next Conversation. So it's exciting because I have a whole how many seasons? Seven, eight, seven seasons, seven yeah. seasons. Yeah. This of was a new the, Star Trek the, the prime time heyday of Star Trek, where from Next Generation through to Voyager. Yeah. It was seven seasons for every one of them, and it was like 170 episodes for like every one of them. And I'll tell you, I'm into 
season three now. We're halfway through season three of Voyager. This is my first watch, and I still don't love it. I mm. I just think that um and I and I know that I I it will get better based on what I've heard. It, it you know, up with certain Jerry things, Ryan's yeah, not even in three. it yet. Yeah, but um the bigger point here is casting and like Voyager. Other than Janeway and the Doctor, I hate everyone. I hate every <laughs> single person in the Fair. show with a passion. In the beginning, I was like, well, Kess is kind of nice. They all suck, and I think Kess goes away soon anyways. Yeah, she's but, not around much. And I, and I love Janeway, truly. I love Janeway. And, I, and, and by the way, no, Tuvok is good. Tuvok is good. Yeah, but like, the say, Doctor is great, and yeah, Janeway fantastic. is great. And whereas in DS9, I already like kind of love everyone. Um Dr. Bashir is, is like, he's okay. I don't know, man. But like virtually everyone else, I'm 100% on board with, even just in four episodes. Get ready every for Brooks. a lot of baseball, baby. <laughs> yeah, every Brooks baseball. is nuts, but I do yeah, he's like insane. him. But I know um, he is likable, even in his insanity. Just because um, it's and, different. And you got to yeah. remember also that the theatrical, over-the-top, almost stage play acting yeah. was it's, a real staple of Star Trek through these generations. Right. So you right. kind of, that's just part of the tone. You just accept oh, no, it I, you don't. I'm, I'm into it. I have um, no problem with that. But you know Deep Space Nine, as much as I tried to like it, is one of my least favorite Star Trek really? series. Of the original okay. series, and by original I say kind of our growing up yeah, Star right, Trek right. series is, um, I much prefer Voyager. So this is going to be interesting uh, to oh, see kind of how it plays out for you and and we can talk about it once you're i'll keep you everything. posted um did you watch light and magic hell yes fuck yeah. great great god stuff. that was one of the best things i've ever seen what a journey what a um, ride um and if you like movies and you like more importantly if you like movies that are entertaining yeah um, if you like if you like good movies like star wars it is the then. basis for everything that you have watched since at least the 70s you know if you're older than that you're listening to us i don't know how we got you as, right. a, as a listener but i'm happy you're right. here it, um, it distills yeah, down they created like, what we now do, movie making the making yes. of the movie <laughs> that part yes. of it so anyway what what we yeah what you're what you're saying is that essentially We've had movies for, you know, a century, but there is a style of movie that that we love and it, it a lot of it has to do with the magic, uh, the magic the of magic, the movies yeah. that we talk about. Uh, creating something that is that your mind can't quite wrap your head around what you're seeing, you know, watching Dreams his girl Friday screen, or something, yeah. Sure, <laughs> or sure, yeah. something just isn't the same. And that's why yeah, we don't, yeah. we're not watching, you know, uh, it's a wonderful life. Like a hundred no, times or even like the Godfather, which again, I've said over yeah. and over again, I think is a perfectly made movie, but it doesn't have any of the magic. Like, I mean, it, right. it's the doldrums of, of real life. You know, it's the kind of the downfall. Some people connect with the humanity of people interacting on screen in a in a naturalistic realistic way and the stories of people and that's all great and we do too but the reason we watch movies is for these magical elements and it this this disney plus docu-series called light and magic is essentially an in-depth um docu-series following the various generations of industrial light and magic from its inception before as as they were making star Wars all the way up through present day where they're working on all the big movies. And, um, and I just can't recommend it highly enough because it, it almost the, the magic of showing this magic and being able to kind of shed light on it, but with 
with still some wonder, like Lawrence Kasdan directed oh, yeah. this series. God. And my man, Larry. It is it is next to the original Star Wars trilogy in terms of how excited you are when you're watching it because you're watching them make it and it's just like the 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 sequels the prequels they just didn't give us any of this level of magic and when you learn that they didn't know how to do any of this shit like it's not like it's not that they were the first ones that did it it's that they were the first ones that invented it and did it simultaneously down to such a small group of people yeah like twelve like guys, ten dudes that would be in your garage hanging out, and, I mean, and women like the that, most that, fun. that supported yeah. them greatly. Guys, I you mean, know, over people. the years, but but like really, just a few guys in Van Nuys. Um, this isn't a guys good name in Van Nuys. That's a, a movie few guys in Van Nuys. Um, a version. few guys in Van Nuys made all of the magic that we have in our minds, you know, and it's like then these guys are just all retired and they're hanging out and they're probably living in like, you know, wherever fun place. They don't probably work anymore and they're just sure. But they like are responsible for everything we love in such a specific way. Yeah. And they're responsible uh, for what the movies that fans like, that fans love. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the kinds of movies that have fans, I guess I should say it's, it, and I'm not trying to draw away from any other kind of movie because like both of us like any kind of movie, mm-hmm. um, we'll see anything. But you know, when you think about what is drawing people in, in crowds, almost to really to, uh, to a fault because we've talked about how it's a bummer that we don't get more different kinds of movies for this reason. But from star Wars on to now today, the reason that everything is Marvel I mean, yeah. these are the kinds of movies that pull in the masses, right? These are, I, I've, I've talked about this before. I'm a story guy, but ultimately, if you, if you were going to make the theoretical perfect movie, in my opinion, yeah. it would have to be something that genre in some way because you can't pull all the departments of movies together right. other than something like that, a science fiction, a fantasy, some kind of wild ride. And these are the guys that laid the groundwork for all of that. I mean, which is a testament to George Lucas, because as much as these guys invented so many techniques, Lucas was the one that got all, like you say, these departments together to make something. He was the one that was like, "Why can't we do that? There's got to be a better way to do this." And I'm going to bring you guys together and pay you. Let's create the company. And that's why I've talked about this before. As much as his legacy is Star Wars as a single property that's bigger probably than anything cinematically, it his legacy really is Industrial Light and Magic. Like his legacy really is. He's touched every movie you've liked like this, not just one series he did. So what can I read? I wrote when the season was done, I wrote this is simultaneously the first and best or that might be a typo. This is simultaneously (laughs) the first and best wonderful. I think most, most. Yeah. Yeah. First humanizing portrayal of George Lucas and also a reinvigoration of the magic of Star Wars. Almost, I wrote almost as if the prequels and sequels don't exist. We're watching this docu-series almost as if we watched the original trilogy. They came out, and then this documentary came out. Here's how we did it. And that's the, that's the that beauty so of well this series. Me. You're, you're just, spot on on it that. It just feels like that's it. It's essential. It's done. What a world. And here's how that. we did it. Yeah. Take a look yeah. behind the curtain. And it's so 
beautiful and you know of course in the end up by the end episode you're up to present day but really they take their fucking time it's like oh, six episodes yeah and like you're still on out. the first star wars movie like an episode and a half in and then sure, you slowly sure. get into empire and then you slowly get into jedi i'm yeah. like oh they fucking knew what they were doing this is so good it's like just the back end <laughs> of it springboards yeah. off of and when you think yeah. about how much time they could have spent just on jurassic park because that oh revolutionized God. everything yes. that you know having all these together and, and bringing yeah. in cameron and talking about terminator 2 and how the earliest you know cgi stuff was used it's incredible and also i just want to say very well put also on the humanizing of george lucas this yeah. may be the first time he's ever been presented as a human being and not an alien like we, he was so endearing in this and so yes. almost warm in what he wanted his vision was clear he actually articulated you could see his frustration you could see his passion yes all the stuff that you he's just a wooden board even yeah. when i love star wars my favorite thing ever he's always just a wooden board except in this and the footage they yes. put together he was a fucking human being like yes. in, a, in a beautiful way like i, yes. I loved him all over again Absolutely. And you have to wonder, I mean, obviously you could be cynical and say, well, it's all part of his company and they're, they're making him look better than he is or something like that. But I tend to think that we just haven't had a long form documentary about things that he's created in this way. We get very short form versions of these things. And then we had movies like the people versus George Lucas. Right. And uh, what was that? There was that other star Wars uh, uh, fanboys and the, you know, these movies that kind of like, he's the evil empire now. He's the, yeah, we're kind of poking fun at the situation. And, um, and the whole fact that, you know, he's said it for years we couldn't do what I wanted to do on the the prequels um, at the time. You know, it wasn't possible to do these things. Then when it was possible, we did them. And you could argue that, like, mm, it still wasn't possible. He just was a little bit ahead of himself. Yeah. And yeah. it is he what it is. He wanted to be the first, and therefore it's not that good. It's just yeah, the first. Yeah, exactly. There's just a lot but of, that, a lot of again, variables there. Once again, one more feather in my cap for thinking the Star Wars trilogy is like the greatest cinematic achievement ever. Yeah. They were the first to do it, and it was the best. Like, think yeah. about what the prequels yeah. are. Like, yeah. as much as we give them pass, and it's fine to do that. Oh, they had so You're much more money right. and technology, and they but were. But then you not think good. about <laughs> what they. How was it good? How did they achieve it? I mean, I don't know, man. It's it, it's mind boggling. Well, it makes magic it even is more of a miracle. Yeah. Magic is the word, and, and it, you do it three it, times. It's, yeah. Anyways, uh, light and magic is the documentary. Um, so good. I I want to throw out a couple of things. I'm not sure if you're watching them, but I've been religiously watching the new season of Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> no, it's just not. great. I have not, but yeah, I'm glad. Oh my I'm God, happy it's so hear. good. I could watch them all day, every day. It's so, so good. Um, Resident Alien season two, part two has started. So we've got a few Oh my God, episodes. I didn't know that. I yeah, forgotten. there have been uh, maybe two or three, maybe okay, three gotta episodes. Get up. Okay, you got about three one. weeks worth. Um, I watched the little I Am Groot short film series on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I'm going to get around to that at some point. Those Was are enjoyable. There's yeah. not, it, it's totally they're enjoyable. Quick, right? They're quick. They're, they're uh, like three minutes a piece, and there's only six of them. So. Um, and uh, the last thing – okay, so uh, yeah. The la- okay, I got a couple of things. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I got a couple we, as well. We're, we're in the middle of Friday Night Lights. We just finished season oh. two. Oh, wow. Um, that's, a, that's a tough season. And it and it in was it was not excellent, but it's still very satisfying. Uh, m- most of it, the theme, I don't know if you remember, but the 
last episode of season two, Peter Berg comes in. He has this big grand yes. cameo. Yes. And he's so fucking annoying. Peter Berg yeah. is like one of my least favorite people, but he created this show. So I'm like, well, it's a magnificent show, man. You got to give him a pass, I guess. Yeah. But uh, I, it was I his Star like Wars. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Um, there were a few finales this week. There was the only murders in the building finale. Yep. Um, that one really was satisfying. Some parts of this recent season, I was like, oh, where are they going with this? It's a little flat. There's not much going on. But by the end, I really think that finale was awesome. This final episode and having the sort of clue slash um, yeah. murder on the Orient Express, like bring them into the room. Really good. Go yeah. through it was great. Um, so very, very satisfying. fun. I wish the rest of the season had been at that yes. height. I still enjoyed yes. the rest of the yes. season, but I feel like season one was every episode was kind of like yes. this finale. Exactly. And also like you, as much as I've enjoyed this, I'm... I'm um, nervous that they will keep going too long. I think this is a series <laughs> that could be great for like a three season series just and they may go further. Like I mean, we'll more. see, but Martin short and Steve Martin are still just delightful and enjoyable. And I'm glad Agreed. they're still doing it. So um, we had a season finale of the Orville, which was very emotional. It was a really, I, really I, beautiful. I, finale. We've said it before. Can't get over how they're doing better than anyone else at what they're doing. It's so, one of the, it's one right. of the best, just fun adventure sci-fi shows ever made. But then the question is, is Disney going to have the good sense to renew it? And uh, Seth MacFarlane's recent tweet was basically, it's 50-50 chance. He's like, we just don't know yet. So, Well, if they don't, don't man, know. what a what – a, to go a out on easily the best season yep. for a yep. show that was already yep. good, uh, I'm just yep. glad we got it. Yep. Um, second to last thing, I gave up on Westworld. That show has so much fucking money, and I told, I said it before. Like I watch it just to see what they do with the money, but man, are they fucking terrible! Like they just can't tell a story to save their life. They Jonathan Nolan is just like his brother. It's just a bunch of Nolans doing <laughs> weird shit. I don't isn't know. This, isn't everyone sort of collectively? Hey, <sighs> we all liked the first season, and we didn't like anything else. Isn't that how it kind of went? I, I thought just, it was over after three seasons. I just don't know how out. they. I don't know what they did when HBO is like actively throwing shit away. HBO is like, fuck you, Sesame Street. You're gone. Yeah, no, and I like know. all this no, other no. stuff. And then, but Westworld with their however many fucking million dollars, $10 million an episode, whatever insane budget they have. I mean, man, it could just, just like, be Nolan. It could really why? be the Nolan thing. Honestly, why? like there's people with power. There's right? no story here. There's nothing good about this story, but they keep giving them money. So anyways, I gave up on that very uh, aggressively. Um, and the very last thing I'm going to mention is that I binged a show that is nominated for the Emmy for Best Drama that I hadn't seen, <clears throat> uh, Dope Sick. Yeah, heard good things. Holy shit. It's really, really riveting. Um, it's just a, I don't know, it's an important show. Michael Keaton is an all-timer. He's the best. Yeah, sure. Come and on. the show has such a stacked cast. Um, Michael Stuhl Stuhlbarg mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. is kind of the villain of the show. He plays the... Uh, kind of the family member of this terrible the family is the um <laughs> yeah no the family uh and his character i mean michael stuhlbarg is like one of the great villains he's just so menacing and terrible anyways the point is dope sick is one of the best tv shows of the last recent years and um i just i can't recommend that highly enough yeah, good to know it's on the yeah. list i'll get to it at some point um so that's the end of my tv section what do you got so i just wanted to shout out um uh michael mann not to be confused with michael mann the director uh our friend mike mann um yeah. who uh 
uh, as pr- uh, he and his brothers have produced um, this uh, documentary series on the Lakers. I don't know if you've been following it at all, but Legacy, uh, the true story of the LA I Lakers. have not watched that yet. I've seen the billboards. Though. Yeah, done three episodes so far. They put together the um, documentary I actually talked about on back before I knew him um, years ago. Uh, I talked about it on the pod, but um, the, the Milius uh, documentary about John Milius. Um, which I thought was fantastic. Um, and yeah, this series is, uh, I mean, you know, you don't have to be a sports fan or a Laker fan, but if you are, um, this is kind of the definitive, I mean, you know, it, it's covering everything. It's sort of the definitive, you I know, kind of beginning to end on the, and, and we're up to at this point, kind the of the things magic winning and, time isn't talking about basically. Yeah. It's, you know what? It's, um, it's the documentary version of all of it kind of like the magic coming in you know and even sort of prior to that with kareem and we're kind of through that era but we're going to get to the kobe and Shaq era and then eventually you know lebron like he's there now anyway uh it's been really really fun so far definitely check that out um i know i talked at at, at great lengths about the um the woodstock 99 documentary um that came out for hbo um i also watched the three-parter train wreck uh woodstock 99 on netflix um Interesting, uh, also good. It's really interesting how sort of different an angle it took on it. Like, really? I think I talked to you about how the, how the HBO documentary kind of made me feel that, like, like Lord of the Flies, humans won't make it, uh, particularly guys uh, are just too toxic in our nature. The worst. Um, yeah, and, and so I, I think I chatted kind of about that. This one is a lot more about sort of the technical aspects and everything that went wrong. Not that there wasn't a descent, a descent into total madness and just animal instinct, but kind of about how horribly it was managed and how you can't bring kids together with no security and not give them water and have them baking in the sun. You know what I mean? And not expect yeah. chaos. Um, but also just the style of music, like who was bringing these people together. It wasn't peace, love and harmony. And in the end of yeah. the turn of the millennium, it it's was corn era. and it was, yeah, Limp Bizkit. And it was, angry i mean not to get too specific but it was angry white dudes. it was angry white dudes <laughs> no. and then moby who was terrified in moby. his tent uh, and, and he's like get me out of here um but it was it was very uh it, both are worth watching it's kind of like the fire fest doc you know where yeah. they both came out and it's like okay this is an interesting enough story man uh, story to check out the other two things that have come out on um uh, Netflix. I don't know if you've watched any of the Untold series on there. They've done a bunch of them, but they did one in particular uh, about uh, uh, Mante Teal. And I don't know if you'll know that name, um, but he was a football player about 10 years ago for Notre Dame. That's not really even relevant. He was the first person kind of nationally or internationally that got known for being catfished. This is sort of before catfishing was a term that we knew. This is before the movie Catfish. Um, yeah. Not that the internet wasn't around in like 2010, 11, Isn't the one about the girlfriend? The, yeah, the girlfriend yeah. that never existed. I, I uh, saw that on there. Lori kind of knew about it, but no, I haven't watched that yet. It is um, utterly heartbreaking uh, oh. and, and, and really good. Um, again, yeah. it's an okay documentary, but it's just the story itself and kind of getting the whole story for the first sure. time ever. Um, it's not a – what I always thought was it was some dudes really messing with this kid, and I always felt terrible for him. You know, it's just a college athlete that gets exposed sure. in front of everybody, and no one should have to go through that. And how do you recover? Sure. Keep your head held high, which this guy does an incredible job of doing. But it actually, when you learn about the person that did it, there's a whole other layer to this uh, and somebody having trouble with their own identity and all these other things. So worth checking out, man. Um, really, really an emotional ride. Uh, the ending of it punched so hard. I mean, Jess and I were both in tears. Um, oh, really? And 
the end. And so I, I really recommend you don't have to be a sports fan, but check sure. that one out. Um, I know you don't care. I watched the Sandman series. Uh, that was pretty good. Um, not okay. great, but uh, if you're going to check it out, uh, the, the middle two episodes, episode four and five, they're kind of freestanding. Really, really cool. Uh, they're all about death, um, but in a really fascinating way. So that's right worth on. checking out. Um, and that's it for me and TV. That's super metal. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, hey, the first move. time anybody's ever said that to me. Yeah, <laughs> I like yeah. it. Thanks, buddy. Patrick's there in his khakis. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. No. Trainwreck 99. Um, oh, so man. let's go through some news. Um, there have been many, many people who have passed away recently. Um, but first and foremost, Nichelle Nichols, uh, Lieutenant Uhura from Our Star girl. Trek. Um, died only, only three left of the original seven. Um, yeah. And, you know, I went to the Star Trek convention last year. She was there. She was at her table. And for many years, all the years I've been going to that convention, she's been there signing autographs. But she's clearly not there. She's not really able to communicate with people. And it it has kind of been talked about some, some in the press that uh, she was really being abused in her old age by people Well, I'm glad she's moved on her. if the quality of life was not absolutely, good. Truly, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, um, and what a, yeah. what, a, what a stud. I mean, what a, yeah. an icon, really. Yeah. And, and I don't want to pull away from that too much. And also, I don't want to be the person who jinxes it and make somebody die right. next. But um, don't you kind of feel like it's inevitable that it's going to be a showdown between Sulu and Captain Kirk on who's going to make it the longest of the original <laughs> crew? Don't you feel like I they're think, just going to put their dying I breath? Think, they're going to uh, be feuding and trying to stay gosh. alive. It's so I, ironic I mean, if we're it's taking, a peaceful story. If we're about, taking bets, <laughs> I think... Um, uh, I I do think that um, Shatner's gonna go, and I think uh, um, oh god, what's uh, Chekhov's name? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's Walter Col- Walter Koenig. Koenig. Yeah. Koenig. Walter Koenig is is definitely gonna go. I think um, I think Sulu might might win. I think it's gonna be um, Shatner and Shatner and Sulu, and they're gonna yeah. be you know just for yeah. everything they're worth trying to make. It Hi the Jess, to I see you. Word. Oh my god, I see you in the background. Terrifying. I didn't even hear her coming in. I saw her. Oh my god, she looked so real scary. creepy. Anyways, um, so yeah, and we'll, we'll honor Nichelle again a little bit later, I think in the episode, but also passed away. So incredibly sad. Olivia Newton, John, she was only 73. Yeah. yeah, Real drag. It's not very old, but, um, I mean, Greece and, uh, Olivia Newton, John in general, just like, let's get physical. Yeah. Um, along those lines also, um, Anne Hage passed away. She was suffering a lot from addiction in many ways, and she uh, crashed into someone's house and like really know, tragic final yeah. chapters of her life. Man, I mean, I didn't really know until she this kind of came until out how she'd been struggling. So recently. let me ask you: Did you because this came up at trivia a few weeks ago where I was talking to my friend Kevin about it? But did you uh, listen to the Doug Loves movie? Not that you would, but Doug Loves Movies, the podcast. Like sure, two it. years ago, and or three years ago, Anne Heche was promoting her movie. Uh, I forget what it was. It was called. <laughs> it was like it wasn't girl fight, but it was about a girl fight. It was it was her and Sandra O. Oh, I think I didn't listen to this. And and was, I don't know the movie. So it's a weird movie where they're just like fighting or something. I forget the context, but her and Sandro and the director of the movie went to Doug Love's movie, Doug Love's movies as guests, panelists on Doug Love's movies. Doug Love's movies, by the way, is by, if you don't know it, one of the oldest podcasts, like 
Yeah. When yeah, one Apple of the invented podcasts, which was like 2000 or 2001 or two, like Doug Benson started one and he's still going. Yeah. He's thousands yeah. and thousands of episodes in. And so it like already has this pedigree of being one of the longest running podcasts in the film community and in the comedy community. It's extremely well known. He has huge guests. Anne Heche went on that show. She was clearly drunk on the show and she was like bagging on Doug during the show and didn't know him. So she's didn't a guest on this didn't show. Didn't know what he was doing. Didn't know what he was doing. But he also wasn't doing anything because Doug is high on the show. So he's not a he's non-aggressive. He's non-confrontational. Yeah, he's maybe, he's maybe just chill. sitting there talking and laughing and loving people. And that's all he does. And she was so terrible to him on that show that he kicked her out of the UCB theater. Wow. And she was kicked out that's of the wild. theater. And the director, I think, went with her. Because he was also, I think, not being great. I forget the context. Sandra O, oh, all the while, who is wonderful, kind of like stayed out of it, and she just like continued the show or something. This um, is funny. And what's what's weird though is that that episode is not available anymore anywhere. And so before I was she to died a, or like after she died? No, just like it. in general, because this all happened way before this crash that I was telling my friend Kevin about it. He was like, I'm looking through the feed and it's not there anymore. Yeah, like even yeah. on Stitcher premium, like we couldn't find it. And, uh, so it is what it is. But the point is, I'm not trying to bring up anything for someone that struggled, but like there were huge signs. Yeah. I think and, people knew um, generally, knew and, uh, it is just very sad. Um, that she's gone. I mean, and, I'm always uh, going to think of her six days, seven nights. Yeah, six that's going to be nights. my memory. It's one of my favorites. Such a, such a good one. Hidden gems. And, that's um, it. and then to round out that section of unfortunate deaths, Wolfgang Peterson, one of our uh, unlikely favorite directors. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he died at 81. Man, the myth, the legend. Um, and so. Uh, he gave us know, some, of, some of our favorites, man, honestly. <laughs> truly. I say that unironically. No, sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Truly did. He has such a, an eclectic but good uh, resume, uh, even though he's got some, some not so good ones also. Um, but, anyways, um, I'm just going to rattle off some weird news. I'm not going to get into it too much, but um, like this, <laughs> there's a lot of weird stuff going on in, in the DC world. Like, uh, you know, they, they, the they, killed the, the, they killed the Batgirl movie, and then all the while they also like HBO max merged with discovery plus and who knows what's going to happen with HBO max and their content soon as they merge. And then on top of that, they killed like all children's content. Sesame street's gone. And then they like also delayed other DC, big DC franchises like Aquaman two has moved to Christmas of next year and Shazam that was supposed to be out in a few months is now moving to March and you're just like, what the fuck is going on in DC? So we'll see if black Adam does anything in a couple of months. That'll be out in October. Nothing I've seen in the trailer that makes me particularly excited, but whatever. Other than special. Um, yeah. Speaking of James Bond, uh, Sean Connery's, uh, his personal, uh, Aston Martin DB five was sold at auction for $2.4 million. Um, that DB5 is just one of the most valuable cars on the planet. So if you have one of those, hang on to it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. Yeah. Um, rumor is that Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling are going to star in an Ocean's Eleven prequel. Yes, I heard. Very I heard. Uh, interesting. I 
I don't know how I feel about an Ocean's Eleven prequel, but they are both wonderful. So, and now Ocean's um, Eight was a sequel. It was a sequel, even though yeah. the numbers sort suggest of prequel. Yeah, the number. You're right. Eight is smaller than eleven. And I was um, waiting on George <laughs> Clooney to show up at the end of that movie, no. and then them to put them together. Which mm-hmm. maybe we'll get all three of these groups together mm, one maybe. day, and it can be Ocean's 47. <laughs> um, I don't really have any more news, but uh, I can talk about some upcoming stuff because there's lots of stuff uh, upcoming. Let's do that. You know, the um, biggest one, which is uh, dropping on September 1st, <laughs> the biggest thing in the world uh, is the Rings of Power. We're finally going to know, we're going to rip the Band-Aid off, and we're going to so know whether... So let me ask you, because at some point I told you, uh, I can podcast on Thursday the 1st, and you were like, no, I can't. Rings of Power is coming out. Correct. So Correct. Yeah, tell I have me, to dedicate all my all my time and energy <laughs> hey, that evening. I totally to respect of power. the the uh, the uh, placing yeah. high priority on the calendar. But let me ask you: so the release date for that show is Friday. Are you under the impression that it's yeah, going to be out Thursday night? It's gonna it's gonna be September first. They've now okay. they've now said it over oh, okay. and over again right. that it Got will it. be available September first. Okay, um, I don't right. know exactly what time. Um, yeah, right. But it but it not not like a midnight thing from what I understand. I see. They're releasing see. it at different times around the world, so it can kind of come out at the same time. So I guess that's yeah. kind of part of. But they've moved this thing around a lot. At first, it was going to be September twenty second, which is uh, everybody knows Bilbo and Frodo's shared birthday. Um, in the Lord of the Rings world. And then September 2nd was going to be the <laughs> no. day, um, which uh, I think may have been actually been Tolkien's birthday. I can't, I, I may have that wrong. Um, and now it's September 1st. But I think there's about a 99% chance that I'm going to be disappointed. Um, but I've prepared myself <laughs> to the 99. point. 99. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I give it, you got to give it a, you know, you never know. So it could be well, one. That's pretty funny. Um, and look, the stories, most of these stories, especially Lord of the Rings, which this is not, uh, are about hope, you know, and clinging yeah. to hope even against all odds. So I'm going to do that. Um, <laughs> but I don't think that I, I don't think I'm capable anymore in my life of being crushed to the degree that I have yeah. been before. Right. So I think that's good. And I'm just going in open-minded and optimistic and, you know, I, I think I know some stuff uh, I won't like, but maybe there'll be other stuff that I really do like. Um, and we'll hey see. Hey, man, that sounds really healthy. Um, <laughs> I'm doing my me, best. I have a question, though, for you. Oh, please. Because I, please I see the trailers for it. Sure, yeah. Should what I do you watch it as an outside? No, please, please. After all this, please don't start on this. You know how, like, if because you, I went to all yeah. the Hobbit movies with Patrick, and sure, he's just like, sure. God damn it, why? Well, yeah, and I guess, and I guess that being said, that you've been to the Hobbit movies, I guess is a little different. But not having watched Lord of the Rings to this point and going this long, I know you saw Two Towers, you jumped in in the middle and didn't know what was going on. I was probably like on my anyway. phone. I don't know. I yeah, <laughs> but but don't. Don't start with it. Like, don't commit to this before we've gone through the trilogy. Um, I mean, I'll probably never ask you to watch this. I don't know, but I'll probably <laughs> never be like Kelly. You know, Rings well, can of Power. I tell you that you I gotta watch it? So, also in new new television is this new Game of Thrones show, uh, House sure. of the Dragon, House of Dragons, yeah, House of Dragons, whatever. I started that a couple of nights ago when I got back home, and I was just like, oh my. God, I don't care. I was like, I was like one minute into it, and I just was like, oh my god, I can't, I can't even pretend to care about. It. I can't. It's I haven't so, watched any of it. Yeah. Ugh, it the the visuals of that world to start something new. The only reason that I wa- went along with Game of Thrones so long is because I had a whole season at yeah. the beginning where we were all watching as a group, sure, and yeah. then it, it tapered fun. off. It's really fun. But watching as a group at the beginning of Game of Thrones locked was, you in, baby. <laughs> well, it didn't lock me in. It 
forced me to that's sit I, that's and I mean. watch it. That's what I mean. And there's none watch, of that happening now. Yeah. Why the fuck would I watch this? So I can't get excited for that one either. And to be honest, again, if I wasn't just a you know Tolkien fanatic, kind of like Star Wars, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna give everything You're gonna a watch shot. It all. I'm yeah, gonna yeah. complain all the way to the yeah. bank, but I'm yeah, gonna yeah, give everything yeah. a shot. <laughs> um, you know, all these cash grabs. But um, but that said, I mean, you're not a fantasy fan. You're not looking for fantasy. But like, if you you know, if it's like, oh well, I, let me pick a show to kind of watch. You know, the the Witcher show and that series is easily the most enjoyable of any of these it's smaller in scale it's still you know fantasy but like if it's really like oh i'm gonna see if i can broaden my horizons i'm gonna give fantasy a shot that would be the one Uh, wheel of time is awful which is part of the reason (laughs) that people are nervous about the ring stuff um i like you i was into game of thrones and i like i love fantasy high fantasy um have since i was a kid but, you know, even for me, I got fatigued through Game of Thrones. I was never going to stop watching Game of Thrones. But I haven't had one inkling of wanting to watch um, uh, House of Dragons or House of the Dragon. I can't remember which one it is. Um, maybe one day I will. But, um, yeah, I, I don't care either. Um, but, you know, we'll see how uh, that's fair. How That's this big Amazon uh, gamble goes. Um, they've spent more money than anybody in the history of television. So yeah. we'll find out. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so coming up soon, though, in September, we also have some other shows. Well, tomorrow starts a, sh- a show called The Patient on FX with Steve Carell and Donald, Gle- and oh. Donald Gleason. And I really think it looks great. I don't know that it'll be great. But FX has had such a good track record for a few yeah. seasons, yeah. for a few many, many years now, that it's just kind of like whatever they do is great. We're getting a new season of Rick and Morty starting in a few days. I know. We're I'm getting excited a new season that. of Atlanta in a Cobra few days. Cobra Kai is coming back. Um, Cobra Kai is September in a few days. September is a month, baby. And then also at the end of September, we get Andor, which huh. I am... <laughs> What? I'll watch though. It's Star Wait, Wars. did you I mean, have you seen the most recent trailer? No, I have not. I have not. Have you seen any trailer? Yeah, I saw the earliest teaser stuff. I feel like I feel like the differences between the teaser and the trailer. I think the the t- full trailer was really significant for me. And then I started watching some like interviews with people because sure, yeah. it's the same creator you know or, you know producer uh, creator as uh as rogue one rogue which obviously one, yeah. this all Back comes from yeah. and i didn't love rogue one like i really didn't but i liked it more than you did but yeah visually rogue one is amazing story and cast wise is like very secondary but here's what i wrote from what i read um tony gilroy says they went old school they're not using an led you know wall volume he said, we went out into locations. It's pretty much all real locations. He's like, it's much more about the drama of these people and the real worlds that they you know, go to than kind of all these techniques and like technology and stuff. So I just think that when we have, we have these other shows that are great, you know, Obi-Wan was really entertaining and Book of Boba Fett was fine. And then Mandalorian is great at some points. This just has an opportunity with its cast. I don't care about Diego Luna, but the uh, the supporting cast, everyone else in it, and the fact that they're getting back to basics with the the way that it's made, I think it has the potential to be really great. And, well, that's cool um, to hear, man. You were a big naysayer I'm early. A, I'm excited like, for oh, it. Yeah, yeah. So that's, oh, that's cool. A hundred percent. Because why name it after this character then? Sure, sure. Yeah. This character of uh, whatever his name is, 
Andor Cassian Andor, that's his name. Right. Is like the most meh character ever. I don't care about him. I don't care about the actor or the character. Yet, what it will eventually be about, I think, might be broader. And it maybe it should have yeah. had a different title. Um, maybe, maybe it'll ultimately about, be about the indoor moon. And they'll flip that A. And no. <laughs> the A will turn into Bible code, Bible code stuff. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, so that's, that's just some upcoming TV. There's also a lot of upcoming movies um, and good trailers. We got a full or a full trailer. I think it was a full trailer for Blonde because that's coming up yeah, in a few weeks. Yeah, I'm so we have that trailer. That. Did you know it's NC-17? I did. That's crazy. That's why I'm fascinated, um, Kelly. Okay. Titties. <laughs> Titties. Um, <laughs> there you are, can do an R rating. That's fine. Yeah, that's fair. It's going to um, be intense. There are some other really wonderful trailers that are kind of creeping in. There's a great trailer for The Woman King. Check that out. That's yeah, out in a couple of weeks. Looks intense, man. I'm uh, going. Looks great. Um, John Wick 4 is uh, yes. got a, tra- a little trailer. Um the Banshees of Inishirin, which is a new Martin McDonough movie, that's out next month. Yeah, and, I saw that. Uh, it looks really good because you got your Colin Farrell again doing his weird Colin Farrell stuff. Yeah, I'm excited. Is that real deep Irish stuff? Um, I'm mixed on Martin McDonough in general. Because I just loved in Bruce I so much. I know you didn't like three, three billboards, billboards as much. And while I don't think three, billboard, three billboards was anywhere garbage. close to in Bruges, I still didn't dislike it the way you did. I just was Oof. okay with it. I thought it was good. Um, so I'm very excited for this one. But even if yeah. it was just in Bruges and I didn't like that's three billboards, I would yeah. still be pumped. So that's what I'm saying. I, I will. I will enjoy it. I think just because of the where it is and everything. Um, God's Country looks really good. I don't know if you saw that trailer. That's out in two weeks. It looks like a very modern Western. I'm in. I'm in. Say no more. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, there's a great trailer for The Good House. Um, There's supposedly a trailer for a new Fletch movie. I didn't watch it yet, but John Hamm is playing Fletch. John Hamm is Fletch. Oh, wow. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. That's fair. And there's also a really funny quirky trailer for a uh, low budget indie movie called spirit Halloween, the movie <laughs> based on <What>? the store <laughs> and it's got Christopher oh Lloyd in it and Rachel Lee cook. And uh, okay. what was that movie? Well, Christopher from Lloyd's a- in it, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, totally. I don't think he's a big part in it, but he's in it. Um, what was that movie a couple of years ago? That was, it was like a Christmas movie. That was a horror Christmas movie. And it like, Took place in a small town. I think it was a musical. Do you remember this? Wasn't Krumpus? No, not that one. There was like a really. Was the girl like a fighter? Was she like? I don't know. I don't we know. see a lot of movies. I, yeah, I we do see a lot of movies. Anyway, I was just gonna say it reminds me of that. But anyways, um, Spirit Halloween the movie <laughs> might be might be fun. Um, if it's anything and, like Fat Man with Mel, Mel yeah. Gibson, I'm in. <laughs> um, anyways, that's all I got for upcoming. Um, there are, of course, a few other segments that we like doing. And I didn't tell you in advance that we were going to do this. But oh, I, do have a, I, yeah, I do have a clip for a what the fuck did they just say kind of oh, segment. I'm so happy because um, I don't have one. This is great. Well, so you're going to think this is kind of silly because you might know what they're saying. But I, I think every time I've ever seen this, didn't know what he was saying. Okay, okay. And this time, I turned on subtitles, and it's it's relatively clear what he's saying. But 
only after the fact, you know, okay. it's that hindsight yeah, thing. Sure. It's like, well, you not can like hear these. it better once you know what the words not, are. Not like these. Um, so the fun part is it's from the same movie we started with. It's from Armageddon. No shit. Yeah. Okay. And okay. Uh, so I got to jump to it. Give me a second here. I'm jumping to it. All right. So um, this is, to give you some context, this is the scene at the very beginning of the movie where uh, Harry, uh, played by Bruce Willis, finds out that his <laughs> daughter is sleeping with Ben Affleck. AJ. Yeah, AJ. AJ. And uh, he grabs a shotgun and he starts shooting at him all around the oil rig. And so we're catching up with them (laughs) mid-shootout. And (laughs) Rockhound, played by Steve Buscemi, says something uh, to Harry and Harry has a response. Uh, Don't say anything if you know it, Patrick, but I'm going to play the clip. Let's hit it. And here we go. Okay, what did Bruce Willis just say? I have no idea. Oh, nice. Okay, I'll play. I'll play. I'll play just the uh, the. Uh, I know he says it's all right, but I don't know what he says. I'm. What did he say before? Right. And I'll, I'll say I've seen this movie a lot. I saw it a million times when it came out. I definitely have never known what he said. I'm pepperoni say rockets are. I'm pepperoni say rockets are. I have no idea, man. I am. I am not on. You thought I would know this? I have no idea. I thought you might know it. No, but I, no I, uh, idea what he said. Because I genuinely think, even if you had known it, our listeners wouldn't yeah. know it. Kevin, and if you're Kevin, if you're listening, can you call in? Can you call <laughs> yeah, in can right you call now? Can right now? Pepperoni say rockets are. I have no idea. Pepperoni say rockets are. Well, the I'm fun part is around. La, <laughs> cutting around. La the say. fun part is. It's such a weird delivery by Bruce Willis that I mean that tracks. it it um it makes me think he was having a stroke <laughs> in that moment because the phrasing of these English words that are not weird to say yes, at all shouldn't be yeah uh, shouldn't be weird they should not sound this weird right um, but but let me play it again. Pepperoni say rockets are. He's saying. I'm temporarily insane, Rock. It's all right. Hit it again for me. <laughs> I'm temporarily insane, Rock. It's all right. I can't hear it now after you said it. And usually, that even is when we have no saying. idea. I've looked it up. Yeah. Oh, that's like he flubbed. I'm temporarily insane, Rock. It's all right. He sounds like he flubbed the line and they were like, yes. that's good. Print and it. they took the take. Yeah. yeah. We're going to keep it moving. It is a bad take. And they used it because of the other elements that Part make up time. why you edit. Part time. Hey, Part you know time. what's funny? Part time. I, I pulled those <laughs> clips. <laughs> and then, and then oh, I've, got, the I've got this one. Wait, here we go. They use a better take on the trailer. <laughs> Part time. <laughs> like, and then, and then even better, I've got the back to back. Part time. Part time. <laughs> Anyways, so weird. Movies are so got, weird. I got them Why all. would anybody try to make one of these? The movie's such a mess yeah. that it's almost hard to nail down what to talk about. <laughs> Easter Sunday, everybody. Yeah, it's really good. Oh well, that, my god! Hey, that was a great one, man. That was a yeah. great. What hey, I'm glad you liked say. it. Yeah, that um, was a great. Not like this. I can't decide which segment just, we're going to call it. Oh god, it's so weird. It's so weird that one. Really, really, really fantastic. I'm pepperoni say rockets are. 
I'm talking about Alice Hanger Rock. It's all right. I mean, yeah. Like, if you had a thick, thick, thick accent. Sure. Maybe, but he doesn't. Man. He's just well, you know he what though, Kelly. He might not be words. able to deliver a line, but I'll tell you what he can do. That man can dig. He knows how to dig better than anybody on planet. Now Earth. he knows how to drill. And we trust him to get this. He doesn't yeah. dig. He drills. Yeah. Drill. That's what it was. Oh, lady, I'm just here to drill. Huh, me too. Um, do you want to do a movie year quiz or a Rotten Tomato score first? We're gonna do both. But which Let's one do, do movie. Do? I feel like I need to redeem myself. Maybe I will. <laughs> maybe I won't. We'll find out in a moment. But give me the movie. Um, movie. This is another quiz. random selection from the internet, and uh, it's uh, quite eclectic. Um, all right, so we're gonna go with the film Batman, starring Adam West. I'm gonna say 1966. Nailed it. Uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Ooh, this is also a 60s. Um, I will say for Breakfast at Tiffany's, 1962. Ooh, it's 61. Oh, so close. Okay. Uh, um, before Sunset. Oh, I know this one. Um, so Before Sunrise was 1995. Before Sunset was 2004. Correct. Yeah, those are every um, nine years. And if you were curious, Before Midnight nice. is 2013. Nice. Very good. Um, uh, let's see. Next up, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Ooh. Rocky Horror Picture Show I know is in the 70s. Um and I know it was before Rocky. And I think it was right. What year I think was it was Rocky? Rocky was 76. I think it was 1975. Okay. I think it was a year before Rocky. Correct. Boom. Good job. Nice deduction. There. Thanks, man. Um, <laughs> next up, The Thing. Uh, the original or the... Yeah. So uh, or oh, the car- Carpenter. 82 Carpenter. Yeah, is the Carpenter 82. one. 82. Yeah, nice. Yeah. The first um, one was the 50s, but I can't remember. <clears> Adventureland. Oh, okay. More recent. Um... I know this is right at your like I, I feel era like, of not knowing. I, so I'm 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 going back and forth between oh six and oh eight. I think it was two thousand eight. Oh nine. Fuck. <laughs> when I'm one off, it really bothers me because I you know yeah, what I mean because I, I feel like I I, I'm right there. You could have you could have gotten it if you just if you just knew the answer, you would have gotten it. Uh, <laughs> just God, just give me the God answer. Damn it, just Billy give Madison. me the answer. What is that, Billy Madison? Yeah, so good. God damn it, just uh, SWAT. <laughs> oh Remember man this one? uh i think so it's funny because a lot of these i'll remember from the time period for me and yeah. and i was a, uh, I think i was a sophomore in college but that could be 2003 or 2004 and i think it was 2003 i think Correct. it was yeah nailed it uh empire of the sun uh empire of the sun i think was 87 correct boom um bronson uh, Bronson, the one with uh, Tom Hardy. Yes, Tom Hardy. Yep. I think was two thousand eight. Correct. Yes. And last but not least, Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> um. Oh, I'm feeling like it might be the same year. I. Same year. I, as... I think it was 1987. It is 89. 89. God damn. So you got uh, seven out of ten. That's pretty I feel good. good about I, might, that. I think and, that's the best. I was a year ever. away on two. I was that's a good. single yeah, that's, year away from Breakfast at Tiffany's and, um, and some and Adventureland, one. and you were two yeah, years yeah. off on Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. So, so still I'm, very, I'm right there, guys. Tremendous. I'm back, baby. 
I'm back. <laughs> yeah. I'm overconfident. We'll keep doing that. Overconfident. All right. Yeah. So <clears throat> like rounding any white out. male in my age range <laughs> in America, I am overconfident as they come. I feel like I'm something special. Well, I'm glad to have helped with that a little bit. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's do some uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Let's do some Rotten Tomatoes scores. We're going to we're gonna do the directorial um, uh, filmography of Wolfgang Peterson. Oh, great. Um, great. At least the ones that are widely known to us. Um, he did. He's German, and he he yes. did do some films uh, in yes. Germany. But the one that he kind of breaks out with uh, to our uh, awareness is Das Boot. Uh, das Boot, a film that came out in 1981, uh, was up for Best Picture <laughs> along nice. with Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think you Art. should just try to always <laughs> nail the year. Did you know that uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark used their submarine? That's the submarine we see. He oh. just borrowed it from Wolfgang. He's like, hey, hey that's you guys great. got a submarine right now. We're shooting in that area. Can we borrow your sub for the last, which is incredible. Um, Movie das business is amazing. I think critics gave Das Boot a 92, and I think audiences gave it an 85. 98 and 96. Wowzers. I mean, Isn't that nuts? It, you know, this was, this was my I've never seen that, by the old way. film professor. Oh, God, you got to see it. This was my old film professor, Terry Linehan's uh, favorite movie. And mm. he used uh, a clip of this as an example. Uh, you know, one of those when you're, early, you're learning about just the techniques of film. Sure. Um, but he talked about how there's no movie that makes you feel claustrophobic like what it would be like to be in a sub. Even though there have been a lot sure. of great sub movies, nothing like this one where they stay that tight and everything. Anyway, Interesting. it's a great movie, man. It really is worth checking out. Well, Wolfgang, I, this is, I guess, my point in doing this list, and you were kind of already saying it earlier. Wolfgang is very substantial and significant. Yeah. He is a director who is a master of his craft at a very early point. Um, das Boot clearly showing from the Rotten Tomatoes scores. Like, it's clearly got something. I haven't seen it. But yeah, I think it's his best movie. It's, like, not anywhere close to my favorite. It's probably his, the highest but, like, number. It's his yeah, most, yeah. yeah, that's his most significant achievement in film, in my opinion. Right. It's really so good. then we turn a, a, we turn a big fucking corner. <laughs> the never-ending story. <laughs> okay, so... Here is a movie that if you were of a certain <laughs> what year? age. What year? Uh, Never Ending Story, I think, was 84. Nice. Nail it. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Hey, this is good. Let's just keep it going. <laughs> I don't the know. The movies that you talk about that you've seen recently, I'm going to be like 2022. 2022. 2022. <laughs> yeah. Did I get that one? Just every single thing. <laughs> All new say. stuff, right? All the TV shows. Guess um, the date it <laughs> aired. Yeah. Anyways. Never Ending so, Story. Um, Never Ending Story, if you were of a certain generation and you dug fantasy, like you grew up with that stuff, yeah. it, this is one that you had the poster on your wall. There's a reason that scene in Stranger Things is so significant where they sing the, the song, you know, the right. pop song from that. Anyway. Um, not a good movie, um, but <laughs> like Armageddon, like Armageddon, yeah. a movie that was like, you know, it's really, I shouldn't say not good, a movie that has dated very quickly. I mean, this movie yes. feels every bit of the year it came out, but right. this is a movie that has some moments that are confusingly effective. Like yep. for the movie it is, you're like, wow, these are staples of sort of the genre of fantasy. Yes. Like it's yeah. got like three or four of those. So I think that critics probably skewered this movie. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope they didn't. But I think critics probably gave this movie like a 65. And I think audiences gave it uh, an 80. So it's actually got 82 from what critical reviews there wow, are. Wow, okay. It doesn't have a lot. but um, And then 81 from audiences. Okay. So 
right there with good. audiences. And you know, this is also a movie that certain movies are very disturbing when you're a kid. They're, even yeah, when it's not time. scary, there are certain images, especially with like fantasy stuff. And Jess always talked about this when she was like, "No, I never liked it. It made me uncomfortable. Even the characters were supposed to be friendly and warm." And I do agree with that. As much as I liked the movie, it creeped me out the same way that like Labyrinth did and Dark Crystal yep. did, and so many of these yep. movies. Um, They're anyway. all of the same. Yeah, yeah that that era uh, feeling and vibe. Yeah. Um, next up is a movie I only just saw for the first time a couple of months ago in my movie watching group in the line of fire. Oh man, this is, this is a, an interesting movie. Um, this is a really interesting movie to go back to a 93. Yeah. Okay. I'm on it. I mean, um, these are sequential, so that's helpful. Sure, but yeah, that, that that is true. That is true. Don't give me credit, <laughs> Kelly. Seriously, I like anyone. Keep, keep me humble, yeah, keep me humble, baby. Right. Keep me humble. Um, right. This is the one with the uh, plastic gun. Is it plastic, plastic now? With three D printers, it's scarier than ever. It's um, basically the same. Yeah, I think this movie probably wasn't received great by critics. I think it was probably like a, I'll say seventy four from critics, and I think audiences dug it in its day. I think audiences eighty four, seventy four, eighty four. 96 what the fuck from critics what and 79 from audiences. actual fuck i'll tell you that after watching this even though we enjoyed it and we knew you know it was a little dated don't understand this politi- political thriller sure. from that era sure. um when i saw that this had a 96 i was like it's not a 96 it's not even it's remotely impossible. close to a 96 Yo, it's not an 86 and it's i don't a, it's I don't a 72 it. yes Yes, you're is right. what this movie. You're is. right. It's a seventy. And audiences gave it seventy nine. So I tend to. But the fact that it's a ninety six from critics just so, shows, like in that, you know, early Clinton, you know, post post Bush, early Clinton era, this kind of political movie must have just like really struck yeah. it with yeah. people yeah. because uh, and and by the way, Clint Eastwood, like I haven't seen everything he's ever done. It's not even his most. He, he's he's like he's kind of phoning it in it's not a significant movie it's got some fun thriller aspects but it yeah you said um, 96 96 he's made one ninety six in his career and it's um uh unforgiven oh right honestly gotcha. yeah like yeah yeah million yeah, dollar right. baby for all its depressiveness is probably like a 90 or a 91 or something mm-hmm. maybe a 92 mm-hmm. right. not a 96 and Dirty Harry, as iconic as it is, is probably like not, a yeah. yeah, like an eighty-eight. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Most, or yeah. like mid, mid, yeah. mid to low eighties, ninety-six. Um, that's yeah, like giving, I agree. That's like giving Firefox a ninety-three. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like um, anyway. So the next one is kind of fun because also one I hadn't seen until the pandemic, but right at the beginning of the pandemic, I watched this and it, I really enjoyed it. Outbreak. Yeah, outbreak's fun. Um, <laughs> 98. I think Outbreak came out in 98. Um, 95. Okay, way off on that one. Um, <laughs> oh, you know what? I, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of the right movie, but I was just wrong. Okay. Um, Outbreak, I think. The reason Outbreak is good, by the way, uh, compared to like In the Line of Fire, is that the cast of Outbreak is just like Dustin Hoffman wins every time for me. Yeah, he's good. Um, Renee Russo is wonderful. Morgan Freeman. It's fucking Morgan Freeman. Yeah, Renee had an error, I just man. don't. Yeah, really. Sure. Uh, anyway, sorry. Go on. What do and you think? Cuba, Cuba in there. Um, I think that critics really appreciated Outbreak in its day and gave it. I mean, after a ninety-six, they probably gave it one hundred and twelve. But I think they gave it a ninety-one, and audiences gave it a ninety-three. 
59. What the fuck? And 56. Audiences didn't like yeah. Outbreak? I don't I don't remember that correctly at all. No, I lived I that movie. I went to the theater. I remember the sneeze where the little piece of uh, <laughs> yeah. of whatever snot floats through and drifts into somebody else's mouth. That was the beginning of my learning about germs. I, I'm so shocked that, you know, yeah. I think I might have said this even on pod before, but when COVID started, a friend of mine, I was basically talking about how incredible I thought um, uh, Contagion was. And oh, how right. I thought it's the most realistic look at an outbreak ever, and I'm you know I'd watch sure. it, but I'm scared, and blah blah blah. And he was saying, "Well, Outbreak's a superior movie," and I was like, "Well, how so? Outbreak is like a theatrical, you know, representation of whatever, and right. um, you know, uh, uh, the other one is um, Contagion is like literally watching it happen, like if you were like in it." And he's like, "That's why Outbreak's better. Outbreak is a movie." And this kind of speaks to what you're usually talking about with Christopher Nolan. Where he's like experimental and he's achieving these things, but it's almost like he's moving away from the filmmaking form. Like it's not a bad thing to present something cinematically in regular cinematic terms. That's the reason we created the art form. I'm right. I'm all for pushing the envelope, but but anyway, it just had me thinking about. I was like, it got my wheels turning, and I was like, that's an interesting thing to think about. How this is a movie for people, and the other one is like a pseudo documentary sort of, you know, realistic. Yeah, it just comes down to the whatever. filmmaker. Some of the like Soderbergh, Soderberg, you know, they're yeah. not he's gonna they're not in it for. I love Gohan, yeah, the mass by the appeal, way. but um, sure, okay, um, okay. That's all, all right. I so, what do you think? What do you think the next one is? After Outbreak, um, it's the best one. Air Force One. Hell yeah! What year? The greatest movie of all time, ninety seven. <laughs> Hell are you yeah. kidding me? Right. It won the Oscar. Are you, are you Best movie me? ever. <laughs> Best movie ever. Best um, movie of the of this of the century. What, yeah. <laughs> what, even before you told me in the line of fire, yeah. the rating, the Rotten Tomato for Air Force One could never <laughs> have been high enough for my liking. Yeah. Right, but now right. that you told me the rating, we should they be tipping the scales. Um, well, so yeah, then Air Force One is 148. Yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah okay, easily like 200. It 200 went 100, yeah, right. yeah, 100 twice. Um, <laughs> I think critics were probably wrong, uh, and I think they gave Air Force One like a 70. And I think audiences, I hope, were right and gave Air Force One. I want to say in the 90s, but I think audiences gave it an 88. It's a real rough one, man. So, critics seventy nine. <laughs> okay, which is not that bad. Yeah, that's so around like, where right, I thought they were. That's gonna better do. than I. Yeah, don't better tell than me you audiences thought. thought they were too. Audiences sixty six. Oh, fuck, fuck off. I don't. Exactly. I don't want to go exactly. to the theater with you people anymore. Right. I don't yeah. care to experience. Wait, what film do you mean you with people? you guys? Anyway, <laughs> you. Um, what do you mean, you people? <laughs> so the next one is kind of fun because. I saw it when it came out. I remember it being a big deal. And I can't say that I had seen it since it came out, but we were in a hotel room in Florida about a week ago, me and Laurie. And uh, there were storms off the beach. We had an oceanfront room. And uh, it was real nice. And we're like, let's put on a movie. And we put this one on. And it was it was pretty satisfying. It was a nice nighttime watch. Uh, the Perfect Storm. Ooh, The Perfect Storm. I remember being very frustrated when the end of this movie came around. Uh, oh, not knowing yes. where I was headed. My dad had read the book and yes. was really into it. There um, you go. Perfect Storm, I'm going to say critics appreciated. And, what year? Uh, Perfect <laughs> Storm. Perfect Storm was, ooh, I don't know, 2000? Correct. 
Boom. Nice. Don't even know what I know. God. <laughs> fire it's in there. Right now. It's in there. Um, I think Perfect Storm for critics was a uh, 86 and for audiences was an 82. 47. What? <laughs> and 63. Easter Sunday, everybody. Wow. I don't know. 47 and 63. So here's what's funny is that my memory of it, because I was 12 and it came out, is that this was like an all-timer Oscar-winning best movie <laughs> of the year movie. So funny, man. So funny. But obviously that's tainted by like yeah, you're young. what my family was all, saying and about also, it all or movies what are other good people when you're that age. I They're guess great. that's also it. It's just like, oh my God, but here's this is the a thing. movie. Here's the thing to defend what you thought. I left this movie because I was 16 when this came out. Yeah. I didn't particularly care for this movie, and I remember everyone liking it around me. I remember everyone talking about it, it being a big hit. It was George Clooney. I remember being the odd man out, being like, oh, what did I miss? Like, everybody really dug this. So I don't know how that score came in either. Uh, I'm curious if it was up for anything. Let's see. Effects, maybe? Um, Sound? uh, Best wave? Best big ass wave from 2000. Best big ass fake ass wave. Big. Can't you see the Blockbuster Movie Awards announcing it just like that and bringing out a surfboard and presenting it to Mark Wahlberg? Fake ass wave. Because Clooney wouldn't come. Um, I really don't know that it was. Let's see. Wait a second. I was on the wrong page. Is Um, Diane Lane in that movie? Beautiful Diane Lane. Yeah. And you know what's fun? So Laurie and I were kind of looking everybody up because it's got a big ensemble cast and like John Hawks is in it and he's great. There's a lot of really great people in this movie. We were remarking at a few things. We were remarking at. You know, Mark Wahlberg's very young in this movie. Yeah, and he's super kind young. of like shitty and annoying. Yeah, not good. And then, but then like George Clooney, who's also, you know, much younger or a bit younger, is really beautiful. I mean, he was always beautiful, but also good. And like he has, we've lost sight of good George Clooney. He was good in Oceans. He was good in this, which of course we're back to back. And he, is just not that anymore in anything. It doesn't seem because he's moved on with his life. You know, our friend and, and longtime listener of the podcast, Adam has a theory on this and he's like, you oh, know, cause yes. Clooney was one of his favorites. And he said, oh, yeah. um, Clooney made the mistake of taking himself ways too seriously. Yeah. And with every movie was trying to say something. And I'm not saying yeah. that's not a nice aspiration, but he sure. was basically, we, we got to talking about him when we started talking about Tom Cruise and he was like, what Tom really gets is get, give doing. the people what they want. Yeah. And everything doesn't have to be revolutionary. Yes. But if you do the thing you're trying to do as well as anyone can do it, people are going to just keep you're coming. You know what I mean? And basically also yeah. saying like, maybe I don't have anything profound to say with every single movie because right. Adam was looking back and he was like, I always loved Clooney. He's so charismatic. He's so handsome. He's like the ultimate Correct. leading man. Right. I mean, he really is. But then you're like, how many of George Clooney's movies at this point do I give a shit about? Like he had right. free reign to do whatever he wanted for 15 years. Right. And outside of like oceans 11, which is as great because it brings together all of our favorite stars of the time. just as much as it's great because of Clooney, you know what yep. I mean? Anyway, I don't want this to become a bashing. No, Clooney no, time, that's all very but fair. It's, it's really str- a strange career in that way. We were me. just kind of remarking at that. And then, um, you know, it, it has a really wonderful supporting cast. You got John C. Riley being great and John Hawks and always great. These other people. 
Um, but um, the CGI is really bad. Sure, <laughs> yeah, come on. There's just some things about it, but uh, but it was not up for anything uh, other than sound and best big ass waves and big bag big ass wave. Uh, yeah, and it was just nominated. So, um, anyways, uh, moving along, uh, we have two more. Unfortunately, Wolfgang kind of dropped off in later years. He has two more big movies. The next one is Troy. This was the f- one of the Which I earliest saw. big disappointments to me where the tr- the teaser for this movie was as exciting as a teaser I can remember. Um, right. Real, right. I mean, a fantastic teaser um, playing off of the whole face that launched a thousand ships thing. Uh, but yeah. this was truly a terrible movie. I remember Peter O'Toole saying that might be the worst movie I've ever been in. Like he sat in, I think, for about 10 minutes and left uh, during the premiere. And he had done a lot <laughs> of movies. And a lot of them were bad. Um, right. Troy, I mean, God, it had to be. Critics had to have given that movie like in the 20s. I I mean, maybe not. This is utter insanity. Nothing makes sense anymore. <laughs> but um, I would argue that critics gave this movie like a 28 and audiences gave it like a 45 53 and 70 nonsensical nonsensical right. not the 73 i mean fine if audiences you know brad pitt wielding the sword looking whatever, incredible yeah. as a lion right. i get it we still play right. clips from that movie at football games but yeah. but critics i don't understand i i don't i have no idea that doesn't make what any they sense. were it's watching nonsensical yeah. to me yeah i mean i don't know um it's kind of funny though too you look up troy and it's reported to have a uh a one hundred and eighty-five million dollar budget in two thousand and three, like I mean, it came out in two thousand four. Yeah, yeah, that's Huge. really significant. Yes, really, really, really significant. Listen, and, man, they were uh, banking on make that back. They were banking <laughs> so on showing flop. you like the scope and scale that. I mean, I'm I'm not doing this as a joke. I'm just throwing it out there. But only Lord of the Rings had done before then, and right. part of the wonder right. and majesty of Lord of the Rings, like Star Wars before it was that scope and scale had not been done like a story on that level sure. before. Um, and we had not seen vast armies of 10,000 running across a field. You know, we had seen like 400, which in Braveheart, which was like a huge thing. And so Troy had a couple of not even scenes, but like clips that really were wowing, you, you know, even in the theater, sure. we're just like, wow, holy shit. You know what I mean? Like, but then, yep. you know, the rest of the movie, <laughs> it's just like, I don't know, something else. Anyway, uh, do you know what the last one is? I don't. I don't know what his last movie was. It's a remake. Uh, okay. It's called Poseidon. Wait. Oh, oh, God. Okay. Of the Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, you know what? This is tough for me because I didn't like Poseidon Adventure and I didn't like Poseidon. Oh, um, but, I like Poseidon uh, Adventure. I mean, it was up. fine. It was. They're they're fine. Um, what's interesting is they, Poseidon took out the one like character element from Poseidon Adventure, <laughs> like the Gene Hackman character and like his point of view, they were like, we don't need it. We don't need the character thing. Just give us the big, big wave. Oh, best big ass wave again. Hey, another big the ass only wave time winner. Um, I think Poseidon from critics got, uh, I mean, who knows anymore, but I'll say uh, 64 <laughs> and audiences a 70. 33 and 43. That makes more sense. But again, we're all over the map here. I mean, yeah, we really are. I don't know. Well, Wolfgang, know. you gave us a few really interesting ones. You're and a of legend. Course, You're a legend. One perfect movie called Never the Ending Perfect Story. Plane <laughs> movie. The perfect Air Force One. Plane movie. Plane. <laughs> plane one. 
Um, one. Air Force One, Same definitely one. my favorite of his for sure. Oh, yeah. Me Most too. enjoyable. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, uh, uh, one of my favorite action movies ever. Um, I sure. love it. One of my favorite Harrison Ford movies ever. Das Boot is a huge achievement. And again, never-ending story. I don't know if there's a scene that's made more children cry than Artex in the Swamp of Sadness. Um, right. I mean, people, oh, no, kids scream that. It's, it's awful whether you – you can watch that out of context – and watch right. that for one minute on YouTube, and you're just like, Jesus, I, you know, I need to take a nap, recover from this. So um, the legend, rest in peace. What I'd like to do is uh, a quick, um, uh, what do you call it, tribute to Nichelle Nichols. Um, Star Trek is definitely my fra- favorite franchise. I put it above Star Wars or any other thing. Um, even it's, though it's I'm not, in, I'm not encyclopedic about the original series, but you're not um, a nerd. I've seen it all, and I yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, of course, uh, the original cast films are also wonderful. But Nichelle Nichols was was really groundbreaking and wonderful, and she was uh, such a staple at the conventions for decades and decades. Um, and so we're going to start with a little clip of her talking about when she was deciding to leave the show originally. She kind of tells a little story about it. So here you go. I told Jean after the end of the first season that I would not be returning to the show. We terrified and overwrought. That I wanted to return to my first love, which is musical theater. But I didn't know that meeting a Star Trek fan would change my life. I was told that Van wanted to meet me, and I turned and looked into the face of Dr. Martin Luther King. I, I was breathless. He says, yes, I'm the Trekker. I'm a Star Trek fan. And he told me that Star Trek was one of the only shows that his wife, Coretta, and he would allow their little children to stay up and watch. And thanked him, and I told him that I was leaving the show. All the smile came off his face, and he said, you can't do that. He said, don't you understand that for the first time, we are seen as we should be seen. You don't have a black role. You have an equal role. And when I went back to work on Monday morning, I went to Gene's office, and I told him what had happened over the weekend. And he says, welcome home. We got a lot of work to do. That's a nice story. That's, that's pretty, um, that's pretty significant. You know what I mean? Like that really is like a powerful, uh, I've heard that interview told a dozen different ways, a dozen times. I mean, the same story, but, um, but it never stops being, uh, really impactful and really amazing. uh, Yeah. I, uh, I have heard it. And, um, now you have too. Um, we're going to end on a little clip from an episode of TOS where, uh, as she was just saying, uh, in, in real life, um, uh, Nichelle was, a, a avid singer and, uh, a, you know, a stage performer. And so in this episode, Patrick reminded me, he's like, yeah, there's one where she just kind of sings <laughs> and they let her just sing and people. she's yeah. singing beautifully. Uh, and she's playing this kind of like little harp thing. Uh, anyway, so we're going to play you out. Um, this episode with uh, some of Nichelle uh, from a 1960s episode of Star Trek. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, RIP Nichelle Nichols. Adios. The skies are green and glowing 
another journey.